Hello and welcome to Gaming Fix, episode 47, aka Still Not Game of the Year, on this December 1st, 2018, or December 2nd, 2018, as Sam likes to point out for us in certain time zones. Um, I am joined today by Best Artistic Direction, Alex. Hey, I'm offering 500 atoms to everybody here. Oh, great. Uh, is that like Adam Adam Carolla? Adam Levine? Best Use of Asian Pop Music, Allison. Oh, uh, now new and improved with one less organ than last time I recorded. <laughs> oh, good. I was only getting away. Yeah. Uh, best wrestling hair, Erica. Ooh, I mean, yeah. Erica. <laughs> Erica. Uh, better than Ronda Rousey's hair. Yeah, it's been looking real weird. I like it. Mm. Erica doesn't have Sandy Hook was a false flag shaved into the yeah, side I was going to say. So it's a, <laughs> I don't really you know. Kind of a no contest. Uh, <laughs> best that, that was best boy Pat. Now with cup noodles. Oh, good. Seventy uh, percent more cup noodles. Uh, that sounds right, honestly. Best non-UK member Sam. <laughs> uh, I, I've denounced my citizenship. I uh, now refer to myself as Nomad. That like your call sign? America fans out there. Oh, I was gonna go for a God okay. of War one. Call you a traveler. Hmm. Uh, yeah, oh. a Roman gypsy. All right. Well, this is gonna be an interesting episode because as we near <laughs> game of the year, uh, which what two weeks from now we're doing the fifteenth, just just one big, yep. What? Okay. One, one big, big sh- party. One Absolutely. big shenanigans. One year. Uh, we kind of fucked up and make not making that our fiftieth episode. Uh, um, it's their one year anniversary. Well, I'm 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 traveling then, so yeah. Uh, yeah, true. So you, you kind of fucked it up. I'm not traveling. Hey, hey, <laughs> I'm not traveling hey. until the 25th. I'm traveling on Christmas Day. Oh, fun. Uh, anyway, Pat, take away. We have to reevaluate this best boy category. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is going to be a weird episode because no one wants to actually talk about the games they've finished. This week, they want to save it for game of the year and not go too in depth, uh, myself I, included. Um, but people have been playing some other stuff that isn't maybe not going to make some lists. So I don't know. What, what do people want to talk about? Alex, do you got anything? Yeah, man. <laughs> so I played four whole games this week, two to completion, oh. like two to completion to credits and two. I'm still kind of in. So yeah. we can kind of stagger this. We could do this like one completed one. Not what do you guys want to start with a not completed or a completed? Completed. Let's do completed. Okay, so let's go with the number one game of the year from last week. Uh, <laughs> I I finished God of War. Okay. Yep, made it to the credits. Uh, finished four Valkyries along the way. Um, handful That's of side quests. Yeah, about half of them. Uh, I think I might go back for the rest of them. Maybe after game of the year. Maybe 
once mm-hmm. everything is kind of settled down or that that fight at the end of that sequence is pretty good yeah and it sets up whatever they're going to do for another another game oh really yeah yeah, yeah there's narrative actually, stuff yeah cool yeah i mean to go back and do it at some point too if i don't i'm I, if i don't do it by like march i'm probably just going to watch whatever happens at the end because i'm yeah. curious i um one thing i really thought was cool was that one of the side quests ends up being like go to the Valkyries like high council room or something. I've actively mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. done that yet because I'm like, that seems like it'd be cooler to do after you finished every, all of them. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. If there's some like some of like the rift items or whatever mm-hmm. hidden up there, but yeah, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, we're going to have a more thorough discussion about the story and stuff, but I will say that uh, in the first, let's say five to 10 hours of that game, I was pretty annoyed with its combat system. Uh, mm-hmm. thinking like this combat's mediocre at best. And by the end it was fine. I wouldn't say it was like the deepest combat system in the world, but I think it worked pretty well. Yeah. The, it, it doesn't change drastically, but as you get like new abilities and can combo some more stuff, then it feels better. Yeah. I had a couple of issues where like I would do uh, whatever it is, L2 R1 to throw the ax and it just wouldn't <laughs> like where I was like, I really want to throw the ax there, but <laughs> sometimes it's not the, in, there's like it, you feel like you should be able to be super, super, super precise, but there's like just a, a hair of input lag that makes it hard to pull off sometimes when you're like ripping through combos and stuff that yeah. was a tiny bit frustrating. Um, so I totally get that. I also kind of, just playing it myself was like, I don't know how you make a deeper combat system without just making it like Dark Souls or Monster Hunter, mm-hmm. basically. So yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. They did a good job for making something unique that wasn't just those two games. Yeah. And in the latter half of the game, uh, it has some throwbacks to older mechanics, older kind of combat systems that I thought worked extremely well with the new setup. So I agree. And I think it, the mechanics are used so interestingly in a narrative context too, that it, it really works. Uh, uh, what uh, charm did you kind of end up going with on the boy? Uh, I kept with the wolves actually. Like I tried the squirrel. I tried the, the murder of crows, uh, the boar. I tried. I liked using, I liked using the elk cause he came out and just like shock everyone with lightning. And everyone's like, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't know if I ever got the elk, actually. Uh, I, I used the wolves too. Fine, apart from Valkyries, which I switched over to the uh, deer, the elk. Yeah. I thought the squirrel was useful, though, just to like pull out health and stuff. Yeah. He says funny stuff, doesn't he? Ratatosker is such a cool character in Norse mythology. And every time he's. There's a smite character. Ratatosker is a smite character, and mm. I highly recommend just looking up his voice lines as a smite character because it's amazing. He's also adorable. That's great. That sounds wonderful. Actually, I might actually have to, yeah. have to do that. You you should. He has the best voice acting. It's like Ratatosker. <laughs> very very good. So he's basically, he's, he's basically Meepo, uh, but cuter and less annoying. All right. I don't know. Yeah, I think all, all I really want to talk about is the mechanics of God of War because the narrative <laughs> structure, the story, and everything I, is something. Yeah, as somebody about. that needs to like push the next two weeks to finish this game, I appreciate that. Yeah. How far in are you, Allison? I honestly can't even remember. I played, um, like, I, I picked it up not too long ago, um, but then got distracted by Spider Man. So. Mm. Um, Did you get to I, the lake? Hmm? Did you get to the lake? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm well past that um, 
last I remember I was doing a bunch of like side quests kind of around the lake, but right. It's a longer game than you think. Like yeah. that was something that I was surprised at while playing it was like it, I thought I was wrapping it up and then there was like another six hours of time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very video game. Yeah. Let's way uh, where it's just like, Oh no, we need this other MacGuffin to do the thing. Yeah. Last yeah, time I true. played it, I ended up, um, uh, lowering the difficulty to easy just because I was getting really frustrated with a couple of fights and was mm-hmm. like, I'm never going to finish this if I keep being stubborn about it. So hopefully that'll uh, maybe speed up the game a little bit because I I, I just want to get done with it before game of the year stuff. Yeah. To be fair, the normal difficulty is like kind of really hard. Okay. I'm glad it's not just me. (laughs) It is. It's hard. Yeah. I started initially on hard and then pretty early, like right before you meet Brock, I had to like, okay, I have to dial this down to just normal because it's a hard game. like dealing with this. Yeah, I'm glad it's not just me. Yeah, and I and I, I think that the difficulty is um, on normal is can be fun. It's just I got to the point where I was like, I want to get done with this game. There are some yeah. if, if it can get uneven, and if you're especially if you're doing side quests, there are parts where early on you can get side quests that are very mm. hard that become easier later if you come back and do them. I think I did uh, some of those. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's definitely a thing that I noticed early on in that game. Um, and uh, the main plot's difficulty curve is pretty um, good, but definitely there's some side stuff that pops up that is harder than what you're really ready for. Yeah, I would say I was probably like level three or something, and I opened one of those rifts where like a bunch of dudes <laughs> pop out, and they're like level seven or eight, and I was like, oh, okay, what the fuck? I, just got I one, will say, one without shot. any qualitative discussion of the the story, I think everyone should be prepared to have that game spoiled for you if you or to step out of the conversation if yeah. you, uh because we're going to have to talk about some hyper specific spoilers for yeah. that yeah. uh in yeah. a couple weeks i that's I, why I'm, I'm the only one who hasn't played it yes okay like i kind of not super interested in it so i think uh, maybe <laughs> hopefully yeah, no, i'm saying that hopefully like game, maybe game of the year will make me want to go play because i feel like that's what happened to me a lot last year with games i missed i wanted to play it after oh, it was I, I, for me. Last, last year i made a list of like here games i need to go play right now <laughs> it's actually a game that i think that the this is again i'm not necessarily trying to like show any hands here but i think that the story is well told enough that even if it's spoiled for you, it's still worth seeing it. So yeah. I wouldn't, okay. it's yeah. definitely not a game where like the spoiler, once it's spoiled, you don't need to play it. Yeah. 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 I, it's, I it's, it's, it's the one game that I can think of that I really would like to, I mean, I mean, I'm not necessarily super spoiler averse, but it's the type of thing where I know that it's going to pop up when we talk about story and I do want to get to, finish the story so i'm gonna i'm gonna try and prioritize it this week but but yeah that, that's good to hear that it's not like uh it's enjoyment isn't based solely off of not getting spoiled yeah and yeah for frankly, sure. like um we'll talk more about this also when we talk yeah. story specifics but uh i'm very familiar with uh norse mythology because i'm norwegian and <laughs> growing up we talked a lot about norse mythology and went to norwegian culture camps and stuff like that so if you know norse mythology you can intuit a lot of that story yeah you really can so you really really can so like there's a couple twists here and there that were like oh that's not really what happened with that character in norse mythology but you know it's close i enough. think i think i had the the 
I was lucky enough that like I learned a lot about Norse mythology. I read, you know, Gaiman's Norse mythology, all that stuff. But it was long enough ago that I it wasn't front of mind, and I kind of left it back of mind while I was playing. Mm-hmm. So I got the moments of like when a twist was revealed with certain characters, just a forehead slapping, like, oh, of course, duh. It was very <laughs> satisfying in that way. Yeah, like um, when. This this isn't a spoiler at all, but when Andre had the revelation of what God tier is, yeah, yeah, totally, that <laughs> like, kind of stuff. Yeah, I was just like, oh, oh, and like they spell it out multiple times before that. It just didn't like process yep. in my <laughs> yeah. head until like, I can tell you what oh, sorry, what was that sound? Sorry, I said I can tell you what God tier is. God of War is a god tier video game. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, um, I played another video game, not to completion, only like three or four hours in, uh, and that one is a little game called Hitman Two. It's not a little game; that's a big game. It is a big mm-hmm. game. And it's an enormous game. I, I'm three or four hours in, and I'm still on the first level like mm-hmm. still miami because wow. I, i've been like, doing it that way yeah like yeah. i was thinking of jumping through running through just turning on a guide finishing all the levels and then going back but mm-hmm. i decided to go full sandbox mode and just see the various okay. ways i can do stuff so like okay. uh yesterday I, I kind of take the approach of the first game where it was episodic treat it like that almost spend a lot of time on the one level before moving on yeah that's exactly it um so one like i <laughs> I turned the guide off as well. And the, like, I think the scenarios that it comes with are still really good. Uh, the first kill I got was on the dad. Cause you have to kill the dad and the daughter in the, the first level. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the first thing I did was dress up as the military guy, go up to the meeting and then find the picture of him as a magazine mm-hmm. cover. Mm-hmm. That one was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I won't I won't dive t- into many of the other of the scenarios just because they're fun to discover. But yeah, yeah. The, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I think it's great that the game kind of invites you to play it. I played it the opposite way, where I did like one mission story on each level to see all of the levels, mm-hmm. so that then I could go- decide where I wanted to spend my time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, same. And I'm really glad that both of those are kind of viable paths, and that's a game that I would say like. I think for game of the year discussions, it's going to, for me, it's, it's relevant, but I, I don't know that I would say it. The story is the thing that is, I think someone, you could read the plot of that story and it wouldn't matter. I actually think it's fairly good for a Hitman game. Um, but it's very like, there's no twists really. It's very much like there are bad guys and like mm-hmm. there's, I guess a little tiny bit of a twist midway through, but you can see it coming from like the end of the first game. So there's <laughs> yeah. a twist at the end. I guess. I don't even know if I call that a twist. I guess. Yeah. It is. yeah. But it's but yeah. It, you, the plot is not something I would worry yeah, about. No, in that it's, game. no, that's, I really, I don't think it matters at all. Like I just need a loose justification to go kill these shitty people. So yep. <laughs> I, and they're all really shitty. They are very shitty more so than in the first game even. So this game is still within the Hitman universe, right? Like blood money and all that has still mm-hmm. happened. So yeah, th- Hitman codename 47 is, has happened, but I thought I remembered in blood money that Diana died. No, she goes missing or something. Um, I, I hear, I hear dies, typing though. in the background. Yeah, no, I'm <laughs> frantic <laughs> googling. <laughs> but either way, like, yeah, I think it's good. Um, I was having a conversation with Cheska about it yesterday. She wants to play it. Um, she's a big fan of games like 
Dishonored and Deus Ex, and she's mm-hmm. never played a Hitman game. I was like, uh, and she loves stealth. She loves being really meticulous mm-hmm. with kind of figuring out how she wants to handle a scenario. How has she not played these games? Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm like this Hitman, <laughs> this in particular Hitman Two, because it comes with the first game. Is like uh, it doesn't come with the first game. You have to own the first game, but then right. it updates. Right, right, and right. you can get it for twenty dollars as DLC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's cheap. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. The fact that you can play the first game with yes, it, yes. I should say, sorry. Um, that is just such a cool, cool factor. Just it's what uh, they should have done with, I don't know, Destiny 2. <laughs> and a host of other games, really. Um, just as a quick, a quick uh, note, in Hitman Blood Money, Diana was a double agent, and she faked Agent 47's death, saving the agency from liquidation and dodging death herself. Great. Okay, thank you. That is from hitman.fandom.com. <laughs> uh, my favorite. <laughs> my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what's fun is that it was in my search history. <laughs> of course it was. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not terribly surprised. So, um, uh, so I'm in the same boat as Cheska where I haven't actually played any Hitman games. Would you recommend that I try with the first one first? Or? No. You, okay. I would recommend. Yeah. Well, you, like, you get Hitman 2. And then, okay. and then uh, you get the, you first have the DLC pack, the legacy pack I, that has the first levels in it, which is play through like, those first. I do <laughs> have the first season um, from Humble Bundle. Oh, then you're fine. Okay. Oh, yeah. You need it installed, though. So you do need to install it. Yeah. But then play it in Hitman 2 because yeah. it updates with all like the new mechanics from Hitman 2 into those first mm-hmm. levels, bigger crowds. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're willing to yeah. spend the money to pick up Hitman 2, yeah. I would say it is best to play those Hitman one levels in Hitman two. The interface is also significantly better. I forgot how much I hated the interface in Hitman one. <laughs> it's I, weird. I don't remember hating it, but then I watched a video of someone doing something in Hitman one. Cause I couldn't remember how to do something in Paris. Cause I went back to the mm-hmm. Hitman one levels. Um, and like, as I was watching them, I was just like, Oh God, this looks horrible. <laughs> I, Man, it'd been a while since I played Hitman 1. I forgot that L1 was run and like R3 is crouch <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Wait, what was I playing? Oh, I was playing Red Dead at the same time. And like, holy shit, going between those two control schemes? Yeah. So we can we can save this for uh for like the overall discussion for later, but I do want to point out before I forget about it cuz it came to mind this week and I don't know if I remember it. One of the things that I think Hitman does more impressively than maybe any other video game I've played, mm. at least any other video game with any kind of action, is I normally cannot stand the pace of walking in most video games. Like, it feels, feels so slow. Like, even Red Dead, I'll be, like, sprinting around the camp because mm-hmm. it feels so slow. But in Hitman, like, the walking pace is so good. I feel like it's, like, perfect for... Like, obviously, sometimes you I will run, but... I actually feel like by walking around the level, I I'm moving at a significant pace and not getting, not being super slow. I like that a lot. I, I think mm-hmm. it's also helped by the fact that you're usually going through massive crowds or hiding. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Like, yep. You the biggest sin, which is if you're following someone, you can't just hold up on the stick because you walk faster than they walk. Yep. Oh yeah. I totally have yeah. that. One. Mm-hmm. That's, That's true. That but I'll take it. I'll take it for a good walking pace. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, but but what if the other people had good a good walking pace too? <laughs> They're just not as motivated, and and they don't have as much like drive as forty seven. They've had a long yeah. they've had a long day. <laughs> but um, just, yeah, they should walk faster. <laughs> yeah, 
something I mentioned in our group chat, uh, but not here, is you can see that this game had a lower budget, but mm-hmm. the weird thing is that it's like if we have five dials and w- that they could turn up and down for budget, where they turn two dials down, they turned all the other dials up. So mm-hmm. like I think the scenarios are better. I think the crowds are better. Sometimes the levels themselves look a lot better and like the assets inside it, but mm-hmm. like the cutscenes are kind of bad. The uh, mm. I, I didn't think they were great in the first game. Oh, they're but they're significantly worse in this one. <laughs> they're, they're, I mean, they're not animated, but like yeah. I, I think like the way they style the it is all yeah. no. Yeah, I think they they spent their budget in every perfect area. Yeah, that's kind of what yeah. I'm going for. Is that yeah, like, yeah, where yeah. they made those compromises? I think were exactly where they should have. Yeah. So, and I don't think I, I don't think they compromised in a way that was detrimental. Like mm-hmm. I think they. Like the things they did, they did in a smart way that didn't make the compromise like super apparent. Because like you didn't even notice that they weren't animating right away. Like you had to watch a little bit. Like, Wait, what the fuck's going on here? Yeah. It's like this is a visual uh, novel now. And I will say, I will take yeah, animated cutscenes. I'll take animated cutscenes for the whole game if if that was enough to give them budget to get Sean Bean for that elusive target. That's yeah, fine. Exactly. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Either way, um, I'm going to continue playing that game. Uh, I'll probably make it through all the levels by next week. And then uh, what else? Um, well, do you want to continue down the list? I'm sure. So that was the Do you want to continue one. down the list? Sure. Yeah, let's do this. Uh, I don't know, unless anyone else has something to say about Hitman 2. It's real good. You should play it. <laughs> I have I have so many things to say about Hitman 2 that I will save for the two weeks from now. Okay. <laughs> Great. All right. Well. The other video game that I played to completion and saw credits and uh, saw the end was Return of the Oberdin. Return and of the Oberdin. Bam! But <laughs> um, <laughs> when when the end, this is not a spoiler at all. But when the end came up, like I just laughed so hard because it was just so abrupt. It was just out of nowhere. It was like you do these things. It's like a nice relaxing ending. It cuts to black and then it's just like slam cut to the end and then credits start <laughs> and i just like, I, I literally burst out laughing i was like <laughs> uh, that's um, a neat game it's an interesting game uh i don't know how much to talk about it because it's a puzzle game yeah. and like it's so it's like it's not unlike a gone home or a tacoma but with like more mechanics <laughs> I did. I, I think with much more to think about. To uh, I mean, in terms of like how you're approaching the environment. And yes, yes. How you're approaching the yeah. So like, but it's like the same kind of. You're walking around a space and exploring and getting story, and then like there's actually me- like more mechanics to like. Okay, I've got to like figure out what's actually going on here and process it as opposed to just like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm just listening to the story. Yeah. yeah, yeah and, it, sure. and it kind of gamifies the learning the story as well, because there's a lot of stuff that, for example, in gone home that you can learn by context clues and stuff, but you could e- just as easily skip all of it. Mm-hmm. Whereas this game is like, no, it, it wants you to pick up on yeah. what happened. The story. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I don't know how much to talk about it because like that game is is its puzzles, it is its scenarios. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. I can talk about yeah, you're walking around this boat. The boat looks pretty cool. Uh, the filter. We've done that. Yeah, we've already done that. So uh, yeah, and I think any further discussion, I, I would say that's another one to uh, either play it now or prepare to not 
involve yourself in the discussion or never whatever like it's uh, we're gonna have to talk pretty directly about a lot of stuff in that game yeah, yeah and that's one of the ones on my list to try to get to before i, I, I feel like if you and xavier are playing it together erica that's a game that you guys would like a lot i think okay. so as well like it's very it's very mist like in that way all right I i'll think, try to talk them into it i think everyone should play it but i actually think you would probably enjoy it the most okay. out of everyone here or she'll come in like three weeks later and be like, Return of the Oberdin is a bad game. If you brought up the Wild Return of the Oberdin, I don't know how we can podcast. <laughs> Sorry, it's okay, what? I've got a different Breath of the Wild game this year. Yep. So Sam, what was that? Yeah. I don't know why, but when other people are talking, Sam, you turn into a robot. Yeah. Oh, uh, probably my like. Now, now you're just not a person. <laughs> wow. <laughs> just because of Brexit, man. That's so weird. <laughs> Yeah, that's strangling our internet. <laughs> you got to import internet too. No. Weirdly, no internet is made in the UK. It's in the Netherlands and then it's shipped over. It's all made in the USA, baby. Baby. But yeah, I don't know. Oberdin, I will. So, like, whatever. Internet, like chips, are made in the US. <laughs> oh, no. Let's not start this talk. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. Whatever you guys call chips is wrong. Chris. Okay. We can't do this. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, we can have a we can have a, a, a transfixed episode four or whatever it would be on potato chips. On snacks. Fucking kettle chips, roasted red pepper and goat cheese. Why the fuck did they stop making them? That sounds delicious. Who made those? Kettle chips. It sounds delicious, but it also sounds like a lot. Like I it's so good. I believe Sounds very good. We still have those, I think. If we do a, uh, an episode about if we do an episode about potato chips, uh, can I request that Alex send me some from Canada because yeah. I miss Canadian potato chips? Yep, I'll give you all the deal. Pickle like ketchup on the border. Can't you just like import them or like find someone to drive them over and like a and like stick I mean, them in like the sideboards of the car or something? I mean, I mean, I could, but I just I just don't know anybody who lives that close, and it, it is quite a, it's a long drive from the Wait, border for me. So are you saying like so you, you want the upholstery? So you want a chip mule? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think they would question me if I went across the border and stopped it? Because it's only like an hour for me to get from where I live to the uh, to the other side of the border. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe an hour and a half. Uh, do you think they would really like get upset with me if I went over? stopped at a gas station, bought chips, and then came back. No. Like, Because they have record of what time you went through. No. So when I come back, they'd probably be like, why were you here for well, 20 minutes? Well, when you... when you so Show them the chips. Yeah, when you drive <laughs> over the border... You're not supposed to bring food items back with you. You can. You can have chips with me. I don't think it counts for... Like, I don't think it's supposed to be like produce. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, yeah, it's yeah, fine. About, I'm, I'm like, talking I, about like... Bulk chips. I'm not talking about like bring a bag oh. back. I'm talking about oh, bring like, like a box shipping crate. That's probably Spe- fine. Specifically, when you go to those border crossings, like you have to drive through and talk to an agent. You'll have to tell them, "Hey, I'm here going to Canada to pick up chips." They'll ask you, "How long are you going to be there for?" And you'll be like, "I don't know, half an hour." And they'll be like, "What the fuck's wrong with <laughs> yeah. you?" But okay, the go. The problem isn't the border to Canada; it's the border to the United States coming back. Uh, that's, that's true. That's, that's true. Fair. I'm not worried about Canada. Okay. That is one hundred percent accurate. When I went to Canada, fair. it was just like super, like chill and nice. And then when I went back to the U.S., it was like, like a nightmare. That's <laughs> worse. Worst, worst that happens is you don't get back into the U.S. True. True. It's like <laughs> that's a very good point. <laughs> that's an exceedingly oh, good no. point. <laughs> 
when we went to the US for a conference two years ago, me and some work colleagues, uh, one of the guys, uh, his keys fell out of the um, tray, oh, no. like in JFK, and it was like stuck in the conveyor belt. Mm. And he goes to go get them, and a guy drew his gun on him and said, Move along. And he was like, These are my house keys? I need them to get into my house. And he was like, I don't give a single fuck. Move along. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. Yeah, that's like that sounds pretty, you know, standard America there. Yeah, TSA, <laughs> baby. Uh, One of my look, look, friend look, who look, was right. extremely confrontational, so I basically had to pull him away. Uh, he's wow. the kind of guy who's like, this bouncer won't let me into a club. I'll fight him, then he'll let me in. And I'm like, Steve, no. Border <laughs> agent is to like like TSA crossing agent people are like maybe the worst people to do that with in in the country. That's amazing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, you're not in the country yet. You're in the airport. Well, exactly. Right. No, we're not big fans of international borders here on uh, the Fixed Podcast, are we? I, I would, I would, I would actually. Oh, well, we're not big fans of them here in the podcast, not in yeah, the country. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I mean, you know, I mean, yeah. I'm gonna Pangea. Bring back Pangea 2019. I'm not a big fan of borders in general. I was going to say that the United States is a huge fan of borders. Hey, hey, what's what's wrong with borders? They sell books. Why you gotta yeah, be? I know. Didn't they go down? That's a good point. Are they done? Is it Barnes and Noble? What video game are we talking about? Oberdin. I just muted myself to go tell Xavier to start downloading it because we're going to play it after. Okay, that's good. Uh, What's what's your other other game, Alex? Um, Star Wars Jedi Knight 2 Jedi (laughs) Jedi Outcast. No, no. first of all, that's Jedi Knight 3. (laughs) 2 is Jedi Outcast. Yeah, I've been playing that a little while. For, it's a pretty fucking good game. I like it. It's a really good game. I, I played a lot of that game multiplayer back in the day. Yeah. Like, there was yeah. this whole, like, like, oh, the multiplayer in that game was just so good. There was, like, this it's whole so etiquette. Like, you could challenge people to lightsaber duels, and then, like, you would have to crouch and bow your head down, like, just as internet etiquette. Like, you didn't have to do it. It's just everybody did it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay. Well, look forward to hearing more about Jedi Outcast, Jedi Knight Three on our game of the Jedi. Year. It's Dark Forces th- Four, Jedi Knight Three, Jedi Academy. No, I'm playing Outcast, man. It's Jedi Knight. Oh, 2. you're playing Outcast. So yeah. Dark Forces Three, Jedi Knight Two, Jedi yeah. Outcast. Yeah, it's, Academy's it's, Academy's better because you can drive cars. Well, Academy's also better because you can you you, you can get like. A double-sided lightsaber or two yep. lightsabers. Like, there's more character customization oh my God. in the multiplayer. I should play some Academy too. So the multiplayer modes in that game are intense because, like, there's um, objective-based modes where you're like, it's kind of cooperative but also antagonistic. So basically, think like the Left for Dead mode where you have a team of survivors versus a team of zombies. Okay. And like asynchronous. Yeah. No, it's asymmetric. it's yeah, asymmetrical. Yeah. Yep. And like, if you're the bad guys, like. The, the the Imperials defending this spot, like they're trying to break into this door or something. Like you always respawn and you always go back and like there's mounted turrets and stuff like that. But like you as the Jedi's or whatever are trying to like be sneaky and get behind and like break their defenses subtly and stuff. And like there's like five different stages that you have to get through and it's oh it's really good. Yeah, it's a good game. Anyways, we uh, don't actually have to talk about those games, but they're excellent. 
<laughs> you should also, if you're playing Jedi Outcast and you're playing the single player, you should turn on the Soldier of Fortune cheat. Right. There was a developer from Soldier oh, of Fortune yeah, that worked yeah. on that game where it makes the lightsaber like yeah. actually a lightsaber. Yeah, so it anything it touches, it it like vaporizes. Yep. So you don't even have to do the attack button if you just kind of like walk up to a stormtrooper and move the move so that the lightsaber contacts them and clips through them it'll cut their body parts off like <laughs> yep and, and it actually makes the game way harder because it's easy to kill the enemies but when you fight a, a lightsaber battle it's really really hard because if the enemy touches you at all you die so yeah. it's pretty cool uh it, are like the multiplayer server is still up for that yeah. or like is it like just peer-to-peer -peer um or something, or? it is peer-to-peer I think there were dedicated servers. I don't know if those are still up, but mm. yeah. Uh, I mean, someone could probably run one. Okay, that's yeah. interesting. Uh, is that all for your games of the week? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Okay. Allison, what are your four games this week? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be longer than game of the year. <laughs> if I had four games, I, I would uh, talk about all of them, but I don't. Um, so the most uh, pertinent game that, again, I also don't know how much I really want to talk about mm -hmm. is I just finished uh, The Missing, J.J. Macfield and the Island of Mi uh, Memories. And uh, I think this The is Missing is a bad name, and J.J. Macfield and the Island of Yada Yada is a really good name. I, I like both, mm -hmm. and uh, this spoilers, this is definitely going to come up in our Game of the Year chat because I really liked that game. Mm -hmm. um, it was a game where I wasn't sure how much I really like. I liked it, but it, it like that this when the story all finished, it really clicked for me in a way that I was like, I don't even know if I was necessarily expecting. Yeah, it, I guess mm -hmm. just like the, the but the story I felt was really really solid. It's a ridiculously gorgeous game. Um, I I feel like the it's it's a decent like the, the length is pretty good because it's i feel like any longer and i would have gotten really annoyed with the puzzles um yeah some of the <laughs> controls are janky but i'm like a halfway convinced that that's on purpose what, what did you <laughs> play it on switch uh okay, you played it on an acceptable platform <laughs> <laughs> yeah well it was uh but i i think that like uh, it was very rare that i felt like the controls were working against me if that makes sense like you were they, not playing on pe mouse and keyboard <laughs> no yeah i feel like that would be i feel like well with how often that you're like turning a crank with the thing i can't even imagine playing a mouse and keyboard <laughs> yeah audrey i wish you would let me know because you can totally use the arrow keys and it solves yeah, that problem yeah, you had well, yeah no i fucking I, if that game <laughs> would maybe make my top 10 if it wasn't that I had such a terrible time playing it. Like I think, like mm -hmm. the I think as a cohesive like piece of narrative interactive fiction, I think it works. I think like though like the themes and the motifs and all that. I think it all ties together really well. I just had such a god awful time playing. <laughs> yeah, and and, and, and I, I totally get that. And I feel like um like it's it's definitely in my top ten, and I feel like it's going to rank pretty highly for me. But I get I don't have that janky keyboard mouse. Yeah. experience with it so that's, that's kind of like using a mouse yeah. keyboard you can't use yeah. the mouse it's all it's all keyboard but oh it's all keyboard yeah. so oh, when i brought this up probably what like three or four weeks ago it was it was a small cast it was andre erica and yeah. i i think and mm -hmm. that was the first thing i said is like the game kind of controls like ass uh sometimes the character animations are terrible sometimes the <laughs> yeah. voice acting is terrible sometimes like sometimes the puzzles aren't great but like 
yeah, it's like still one of the best games of the year by far. Oh, for like, sure. Like, that's, does, that's kind of sorry. Yeah, like you'll. I think Pat, you especially, you'll like, when you get to the end. I think you'll understand. Oh, for sure. Like, it's going to have to. I mean, I don't. I won't get into. We don't have to like have the have it out, but like. I think that some of the aesthetics in the story is really remarkable, but I'm kind of in a similar boat to Andre where I, as of right now, if you, if it were to end in 20 minutes, even if the ending was pretty outstanding, I don't think I could consider this for a top 10 list just because it is, it feels so rough to me, even on switch, to be honest with you. Like it, it, it's not even so much that the controls themselves are bad. I do think that the lever turning thing is one of the worst controls, even on switch that I've seen, it's definitely one of the worst controls I've ever played with on Switch. The way you have to rotate it like <laughs> twice before it actually starts to pick it up, and then you go, oh, wait, it's the wrong way that I'm rotating it. you got to rotate it the other way. And then it's like, oh, also there was a thing chasing you, and you're dead now. That's like <laughs> infuriating. Yeah, I think that, I think uh, anytime it, it forces you to do something with some level of speed, that's when the controls become go from... Yep. Uh, not great, but you know, acceptable to okay. I want this to be done well, because the, anytime I got chased, I'm like, oh, what am I supposed to do? Especially in the clock <laughs> tower. Thing, I think. Oh it, my god! <laughs> oh my god! Moves, I'm so glad I'm done with that section. Yeah. <laughs> I think it moves to. It's not clear where chapters start, and there were time. There have been times where I've gotten like, the 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 game is structured in a way where like you start a chapter and it's all side scrolling and it's like, there's a central puzzle that you're kind of trying to complete, which I actually think so far, some of them have been pretty clever. So I, again, mm-hmm. these are kind of mid game thoughts. I think that I'm, I'm not going to share my final thoughts until our game of the year cast. But um, the issue though, is like, there's been times when I've, you need to walk along the whole path of the puzzle to sort of see mm-hmm. what you're working with. And then I get to the end and I'm like, well, now I need to spend two and a half minutes walking all the way back to the beginning of the puzzle. That's a bit of an exaggeration, but like yeah. it, it feel, it kind of felt like, playing trials if in order to play through to retry things in trials you had to drive the motorcycle back to the beginning of the level that's really it's funny. like it's really <laughs> slow when if i could just push a button and sort of like teleport back to the beginning again i think i would feel better about the sludginess of the controls but they just feel like you're moving you through can start chapters the from the start again but, but they don't tell you where right. the start of the chapter is so i tried that once and i got burned because i went it took me back way farther than i thought it would and i was like well i'm never doing that again because now i had to redo a whole section that i didn't want to do yeah um, I've, I've, I've got that too but the writing is fantastic i had some initial concerns about the texting writing i thought it was a little like I'm not picking on sweary because I love sweary, but it felt like a Japanese developer trying to write English, like Americans texting each other. Mm-hmm. And I felt like it was missing the mark, but I think it recovers pretty quick. Um, mm-hmm. it, it was more in the way that characters kind of introduce themselves to each other. That felt mm-hmm. very stilted and unrealistic. But now mm-hmm. that the characters kind of know each other, they're back and forth in the texts are, which is how the game conveys a lot of narrative is in these text messages yeah. that kind of unlock as you play through yeah. the texts are fantastic. Uh, so, there's uh, there's a lot of cool like a lot of good there. I'm just still in a place with Andre where it's hard for me to super evangelize it. I need to see the whole thing. I mean, I think it really. I think like I, I don't. Again, I'm not going to spoil anything for you, and we can get more into the story on Game of the Year. But mm-hmm. I think it really all comes together with the story. Yep. Like, uh, e- like even within the like maybe. 30 minutes of the ending of the story. I was like, ah, like I, this is interesting and it's 
good that I didn't know where I was, how I was feeling with it. But then once the story all came together, it kind of like just clicked with me in a very specific way. And it's, and it's like, and I I feel like it really is such a story driven game and that it kind of needs to have that moment. But once it did, I'm just like, I'm in the same praises for this game. Yeah. So if, if you have our game of the year document open, when we had best moment, I literally put the last 30 minutes of the missing as oh our, God. as a best oh moment. Oh my God. <laughs> because yes. I could, it's, it's necessary for that game. I think, I think here's a good like kind of point of comparison. <laughs> that is where I'm, my head's at right now. There were people that I saw around the discussion of near, I don't remember if we had this talk, but certainly in other places, there's a particular sequence in near that's very bad near the end. Um, where you oh, have to, you mean chapter or like part A and part B? Uh, I mean in part C. <laughs> Wait, which uh, which section? I, I think we're, we're far enough. Oh, okay. Yeah, that one you could uh, fuck up. I had that one restart yeah, a couple where, of times. Sure. And it, and I had to restart a couple of times. And it was very frustrating, but mm-hmm. it didn't bother me enough. That was it, it was a short enough section that it didn't hurt the game as a whole to me. I kind of feel like my entire time with the missing so far has sort of felt like that section it's in like, that it just feels so slow. It's like the second so mission sloggy. in Destiny 2 where you have to fucking walk super slow and have no oh powers God. for like 10 minutes. But again, there's other parts of the game that I think are outstanding. So I'm withholding yeah. my final judgment on it until I finish it. And I will be ex- I'm excited to talk yeah. about it in uh, the context of the story a lot more. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. one thing that I think will pay off, even if mm-hmm. I don't find it to be a cohesive, full enough experience to really have an impact on my top 10. I'm pretty confident with what I've seen in the story so far that that will be something I'm pretty. Yeah, I, I'm actually really interested to talk to you about that, having since you're the one person who's played it but hasn't finished it yet, um, mm-hmm. mostly because uh, I, I I really do think that like at the at the when I was in the middle of the game, right around where it was, I was like, it, in terms of my own personal game of the year list, it was like you know maybe hanging around kind of near the bottom of my top ten, like not you know like kind of there, but maybe. it is easily top five for me right now. Yeah. Um, the story just like completely elevates it so i'm really really excited to hear from you and if you want to text me during while you're playing it feel free so that way i can see a fight don't worry erica we have ton of, tons of stuff to fight erica, about. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm gonna fight worry. with you over a, a very specific game yeah so. and i'm gonna i'm gonna <laughs> there's there's gonna be some fights don't worry Eric, Erica's just hoping that you get tired out by fighting with Pat about the missing. <laughs> <laughs> so then I have Can't no fight. Me. <laughs> no, I have engineered it so that our podcasts are from like whatever two, three p, two p.m., one p.m. to like ten p.m. So it's peak. I'll be in rare form. <laughs> You're awake. Uh, but Allison, do you have anything else you want to discuss? Um, nothing really huge. Um. When I, so as I alluded to at the start of the podcast, I had surgery last week. Um, so I didn't really play a whole lot of games, except I did play through almost the entirety of the first Phoenix Wright game, which yeah. is maybe not the best game of the year, but it felt like I wanted this for, uh, that, I've, I was uh, What year did that come out? Is that uh, was Majima in it? It might be the best game of a year. That's like a, that's a different game. Um, it was it was it was quite a while. It's something like that. Two thousand one. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Yeah, but that but you guys, if you haven't played it in a while, that game holds up 
It's really, it's yeah, really it fun. I played it last year. It's amazing. It is, it is a super good game, and I am really enjoying replaying it. And once Game of the Year is done, I'm probably going to go back and play the rest of the games in the trilogy, and then maybe some of the other ones I haven't touched Aren't yet. Coming so. to Switch. Okay. Wait. Are you going to play them again when they come to Switch? You know, I don't know, but I'm probably going to get them on Switch eventually. That's great. Uh, but okay. I'm playing them on, on the free yes, right now. But but that's been good. And then I also played a little bit of Super Mario Party with my sibling, which was really enjoyable. Awesome. And uh, genuinely, genuinely a very good time. Um, some of the other uh, modes in that game are quite fun. Cool. So 2001 actually was a very rough, like very, very good year for video games. But I have to ask Allison Yeah. It, within a month of each other, a couple months of each other, Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney and Paper oh. Mario came out. Oh my God. So which <laughs> one is your game of the year? 2001. <laughs> 3DS was out in 2001. No, the no. original Paper Mario. Uh, no, no, wait. You said Phoenix Wright, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it, came, right? it, it was originally came out on Game Boy Advance, but not in uh, oh. the U.S. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! I would probably have to go with Paper Mario, but that's 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 like a hard choice. This doesn't have to be your definitive answer. I'm just giving. Yeah. This really fun. Uh, no, in two to. weeks, you will need a definitive answer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, in two weeks, I'll, I'll need a definitive 2001 game of the year. But yeah. okay, moving on. I'm going to shake things up. Sam, keep you on your toes. Bam. What do you have? Shit. I was ready this whole time. Uh, <laughs> I have been playing a couple of games. Uh, so the main thrust of my video games for this whole week has been uh, a little known title, Valkyria Chronicles 4. Nice. So uh, I'm playing it for review at the moment. So uh, I won't give away too much about my kind of thoughts on the game. I've talked to you guys about it already. Um, but Basically, what they did is make Valkyria Chronicles 1 and put in a new plot and a new one new unit type. Um, so it's set concurrently with the first game. Um, has anyone played the first game? Uh, no. I've played some of it. I haven't finished it, but... I played about I still confused hours. this with Valkyrie Profile. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that also in 2001? <laughs> uh, no, that was like 90s. That was PS1. Yeah, I played like three hours of Valkyria Chronicles 2. I think. Hmm. I can barely remember. <laughs> Big Valkyria Chronicles fans here on Gaming Fix. Yeah. yeah. I love the original. Uh, Valkyria Chronicles 2 was a PSP game that they uh, lately played on the Vita. And I played a lot of that game. Uh, so Valkyria Chronicles 2 is basically like what if you threw Persona and Valkyria Chronicles into a bucket and then shook it up a lot? Like, it's very, very, like, you should be making relationships. It's also, because it's a direct sequel to the first game, you get to see what happens to those characters because they're all supporting characters in the uh, in the sequel, which is pretty cool. So Valkyria Chronicles 1, for those who, uh, for the uninitiated is basically a um, World War II simulator, but set in fantasy fantasy Europe. Um, So, for example, England is called the Kingdom of Edinburgh. (laughs) Uh, Let's let's be clear. Set in anime England, or anime Europe. Anime Europe. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) Uh, Like like Hell's Moving Castle, but with more. It's weirdly uh, it's really cool as well. It's like a super, super cool setting. 
Um, and like basically in the first game, you play a guy who is an artist and a biologist, and he's all he's uh conscripted into the army slash volunteers when his hometown is attacked so in uh Valkyrie chronicles 4 you start the game with as commander as a different commander who is also not a traditional military man he's a writer um and uh he is a tank commander again exactly the same as the first game um, but the interesting difference is that um, Valkyria Chronicles 4 is set at the exact same time, but behind enemy lines. So the whole campaign is you mounting this kind of suicide mission with a really small force uh, to try and take the enemy capital. Hmm. So you're basically going through behind enemy lines uh, and uh, it's you and the kid who used to bully you at school and the girl that you had a crush on from your village, and then like, a load of new conscripts. Wow, this really is anime. Yeah, it's extremely <laughs> anime. <laughs> that tone of voice was amazing. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's real anime. Uh, if you're here for anime, and you're also here for... Um, a genuinely fun to play third person strategy game like get get on board it's basically a more free moving um uh, fire emblem mm. so like in fact if fire emblem was also gears of war cuz there's loads of cover and like uh that like as the cover mechanic is super important um uh, but yeah, so it's really cool. Um, I'm super enjoying it so far. Um, I'm about eight or nine hours in, I think. Um, I've taken a little bit of a break to play another game, which I, I'm not super ready to talk about. I, I haven't played enough of it, and I got stuck of in it for about 45 minutes because they don't explain one of the controls. <laughs> uh, so that that isn't great. Hasn't uh, that so- game been out since like March? Couldn't you just look it up? Uh, so Valkyria Chronicles has been out since March, but Nairi or whatever it's called, I think it's called Nairi. Oh, oh sorry, I've I missed when you switch games. My bad. <laughs> no, came out like yesterday, um, and that game uh, that game looks really cool. I found out today when I googled it to try and find the solution to this puzzle that it's a Kickstarter game. Hmm. Um, Interesting. So the interesting thing about Nairi is that you play it with the Joy-Con and it's like a point and click. So you have your single Joy-Con and you point, you can use the joystick or you can point as if it was a Wii remote and you press the button that would be the A button on the left-hand Joy-Con. And so I'm like, okay, I'll pick the left-hand Joy-Con out because I'm being lazy. I'm using my left hand and, like, browsing the internet on my phone. Uh, and oh, I'm... Like an engaging video game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just giving you shit. Replying <laughs> to messages, et cetera, et cetera. It's a point and click. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. Um, and, uh, yeah, so basically, in order to progress, I had to get money. And the merchant's like, oh, the way to get money is you just find it. It's everywhere. It's on the floor. I'm like, okay. So I search every area that I can access in the game for like 40 minutes and I don't find anything. Hmm. And I go on to a walkthrough video 
And I'm like, okay, I just need to find out where I'm going wrong here. And the person that you don't actually find money on the floor, you find it by clicking on lamps. <laughs> no one tells you And when you can click on something, oh, the cursor changes from a hand to a magnifying glass. So I'm like, okay, so there's no magnifying glass over these lamps. So there's no point in clicking on them. And then when I click on them, nothing happens. And I try all the lamps and nothing happens. And I find out that you have to use both Joy-Cons, use the left as a pointer and the right, the right Joy-Con, the A button to select. Oh, but man. for every other interactive interaction in the game, the right D-pad button that is where the A-pad, A button is works as select. Unless you're trying to pick up coins from lamps. Oh, wow, that's. Oh my god! Uh, I I was I want to say livid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, about like the game's like five hours long, and I think I probably wasted about forty five minutes trying to get coins that's from lamps. Amazing. That's that's incredible. Bad. Yeah. And it's going to get absolutely roasted for that in my review. Like that's an instant uh, off. Uh, so, well, don't don't share too many thoughts. We want to hear about the game of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the you know visually it's really cool. Uh, there's incredibly fuzzy looking cute ducks. All right, uh, all right. That, yeah, I'm it's interested. Turning it, it's turning it back around. <laughs> cartoon animals there's a band of of um cat thieves that live in the desert okay. that you hang out with and one of them when you say goodbye to him he gets sad and his ears flatten down <laughs> and i was like oh all right. boy all right i'm into that but yeah if you like adorable cats they're there a lot and one of the main characters is a mouse called rex not a mouse sorry a rat called rex and he wears a turban Sick. This all sounds okay. Cool. Very good. So interesting. I have a question about Valkyria Chronicles. <laughs> oh yeah, let's do it. Yeah how how approachable is that game if I haven't played one two three? A hundred percent. Like just go straight in. Um, cool. It is almost exactly the same game as Valkyria Chronicles one, um, with a few light improvements. So I would say that if you feel like you might want to play Valkyria Chronicles one at some point maybe play Valkyrie Chronicles because it might be hard to go back to it after four because four looks a lot nicer and has like those minor improvements. <laughs> that was kind of my question. Similar line of thinking um, is I haven't actually finished Valkyrie Chronicles one. I only played like three hours of it and it's a long game. Um, uh, do you think there's any reason to play this one over picking that one up for 20 bucks and playing it first? So four is on sale pretty much everywhere for a low price. Yeah, for sure. Um, I would probably say pick up four. And um, so far, so basically, the the one of the concepts in one is like that there are like evil wizards on the, uh, on the anime Nazis side. Oh. Um, okay. And there's like you come across a boss fairly early on where you fight like halfway through the the fight, a essentially unkillable mega boss turns up and you have to just avoid them. And um, anime. Like, anime. Yeah, extremely, extremely anime. Like the cutscene is like top tier. 
Um, but I actually, when I played the original Valkyria Chronicles, took maybe forever trying to do that battle. Like, I think it took me about 20, 25 attempts to actually beat that. So, yeah, well, that's... So it looks like, unfortunately, uh, Valkyria Chronicles 4 is no longer on sale on Steam, at least. Mm -hmm. Uh, It will be in the next month. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. And I would imagine that Valkyria Chronicles 1 will also be on sale. My thinking is just, the other thing is, it's a game that I could play on the portable PC I have, which has only been a recent consideration because I am traveling soon. So might be something I could stick on that also and play it portably. Uh, you think Valkyria Chronicles will run on the GPD? Uh, based on the spec, the, the steam, the specs on the steam page, not four, but one. Uh, Valkyria Chronicles one should, should work on it just fine. Yeah. Uh, Valkyria Chronicles 1 is a great game. Um, so far, I feel like they have massively spent more time on characterization in this one. So, mm-hmm. like, in the first game, there's, like, two or three characters that get time, and then a few enemy characters get some time. But, like, in this one, it feels a lot like um, Captain America First Avenger, in that, like, every character has a quirk or a personality thing. Even like minor characters who can totally die in combat and you never see them again. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I have a scout called Jester, and it, like the, the ongoing joke slash plot with him is that he loves gambling and he has huge gambling debt. That's why he's in the army. He's cat. Maybe give him an order. He's like, oh, do I go to work? Wow. That's uh, so is this like Fire Emblem or like XCOM where if a character dies in combat, like if you're doing like an Iron Man run or whatever, where if they die in combat, they're just out of your game? Or is that how it is all the uh, time? Or can you get different difficulties? Or? Nobody has died so far. Uh, there are two difficulties. And when you start playing the game, they warn you the first time someone gets knocked down. So like they can be made unconscious. And if the enemy gets to them before you do, then they are dead permanently. That's what the game tells you. That's never happened to me so far uh, because like a lot of the characters that you have are super, super mobile and can move really far. Hmm. So like scouts and engineers have a huge range of motion. So like if someone goes down, as long as they're not way, way too far forward, you're usually fine. Um, I've only had two people go down ever, and both times there was another soldier maybe two feet away. I just literally went straight to that character and moved them across. You usually get enough actions to move like half your squad twice per turn. So you get like, um, you get command points, and each point is used to make a move. Um, And the uh, if you have leader characters on the board, so like the main character um, and uh, two of the others, they confer an extra point for just being on the field. So like you'll always have more turns than you have characters. Neato. Uh, any anything else you want to talk about that? Anyone else have questions? Uh, I would just super recommend Valkyrie Chronicles Four. Like. Um, as far as I am in, um, the story, the way they've been telling it is super interesting. Um, and like, I don't know about you guys, but like, I just really like behind enemy lines kind of war story stuff. 
Um, the level that's actually showing on Twitch right now is the one, with the only one where someone has died in. It's when you're assaulting an enemy fort. And is that like a story death? Yeah, uh, no, it was uh, one one character went down and okay. I, I ran over and picked her up. Okay. And the character is called Gene Matrix. Sick. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of references. Oh, this is my. This is my. Oh no, this is a different scout. This isn't the good one. The the, the shitty scout that uh, doesn't like doing any any war and has has like a weak. The shitty scouter doesn't like doing war. <laughs> just has like a straw, like some straw sticking out of his mouth all the time, even in combat. Sounds great. All right. Well. Okay. Well. Full. We'll actually maybe hear about this in a few weeks' time, uh, but now, Erica, yes, what, you've been you've been MIA for a bit. What do you what did you bring to share with the class? Um, I got a PSVR. Um, oh, wow. which yeah, it's kind of cool. You, I only you one also have <laughs> uh, an Oculus. Vibe, yes, which, I have which a I have an Oculus. Okay. Um, so. I will say the PSVR is a lot more comfortable to wear at glasses, like way, way, way more comfortable. Um, and it's just a lot less heavy in general, which I tend to get bad headaches um, wearing the Oculus. And I was started getting a headache a little bit with the uh, the PSVR, but it I was in it for like, I don't know, a good two hours before I started getting a headache, which is much better than I usually do on the Oculus. Oculus, I usually get motion sick by like 30 minutes because most of those games I have to stand to play. And so I move a lot more. Um, but the PSVR, I've been playing uh, Tetris Effect so I can sit and play that, which is nice. Um, but yeah, you could tell the screen is not as great, but I don't think it's a problem. At least not for me. It doesn't like I don't really use my Oculus because I get really motion sick and it's heavy and my glasses squeeze against my face. And so I can see myself using the PSVR much more because my apartment is set up to use a PSVR and not an Oculus. But um, anyway, Tetris Effect, which I just found out you guys have talked about before. But so, not the VR version. Not the VR version. I, so I, I'll try I to tell you. I talked about it a little bit, didn't I? Like VR. I yeah. 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 yeah I also matched it. Oh okay. Oh, oh okay. I I forgot that Allison has a PSVR. How do you like it then? <laughs> how, do you, how do you feel um, about the P, the PSVR in general? I mean, <laughs> um, I PSVR in general is a tricky thing um, because I got it last year and almost immediately after I got it. I not related had like a really long spell of vertigo and oh, so wow. I was like, not playing it and then I got kind of like a little bit like uh, anxious about playing my PSVR because it was like it wasn't related but it was like happened very much right after I got my PSVR but anywho um Tetris Effect might be actually my favorite PSVR experience so far and I've been kind of weighing whether I actually want to buy the full version or not because I really did like the demo quite a bit um i think mostly because it, it's it makes it feel more immersive but it's not doesn't have a lot of that motion sickness stuff that i've gotten from some of the other yeah experiences 
Yeah, like I'm real prone to motion sickness in VR, like not doing anything else, just VR. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I, I was, I didn't think I was because, because I did, I've done demos for all the major VR systems and I was like, oh, everything feels fine. And then I, br- I got, brought my home and I'm like, why do I feel horrible? And I was like, oh, <laughs> I, I don't know if it's the way that it's set up in stores or what, but maybe, yeah. Maybe the experiences you're doing are different, like... I, I played. I, I was playing. Uh, I played my friend's Oculus, and there's like that Insomniac game with like the snow, and it's like you're like third person. I don't remember what it's called. It's like some adventure game, that kind of a horror game. But yeah, like so, like third person Uncharted style camera, and you're just following this character in VR for some reason, and that like made me sick. But then like playing Thumper didn't mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Interesting. So, so much it's neat but yeah that's vr is weird yeah that just yeah. is good for me it's usually the length of time i feel like that's usually mm-hmm. when i start getting motion sickness if i'm in there for a good chunk of time but i don't know was- i was in there for a really good chunk of time today because i almost finished tetris effect uh, i saw the end because xavier beat it this morning so i know i know the ending People were crying. <laughs> like, like, sorry, I like how we can say I know the ending of a Tetris game. I know the yeah. ending. Of- <laughs> yeah. I'm very interested to hear that, and I'm not going to finish that game. I'm not going to play that game before game of the year, likely because I time and Pat, Pat doesn't think you should pay for Tetris. That's not true. I, I don't want to talk. I don't want to get into like value of games because I, I I'm the one who will advocate for spending. If a if a game provides the best two hours of gaming you've ever played, I think it's totally fine for it to be fifty dollars or whatever. But uh, so it's not that; it's more just there's something about it with Tetris specifically. I just I don't know. So I'm interested to hear what the ending is. Yeah. Is the point? I'm here interested yeah, to hearing. That's actually making me consider picking this up before Game of the Year because I I really did like the demo from what I played of it, but I haven't. I, I have no doubt holding off buying in the full thing. I have no doubt it's one of the best iterations of Tetris, which is one of the best, maybe probably the best puzzle game ever made. So I, I it's not that I doubt its quality. I'm just very interested as someone who is very emotional about video games frequently. I'm very interested to hear how the ending of a Tetris game creates that kind of emotional reaction. <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> think I, it's so much, uh, Erica, you can speak to this, but yeah. I don't think it's so much that the game itself is emotional, but that it like facilitates an emotional release, like through the music yeah. and like visuals. I see. Uh, I kind of didn't get any of that for me. Like <laughs> That's kind of why I'm excited to hear you talk about it at game of the year because Yeah. Like yeah, I mean I'll I say I'm not gonna say about the ending, but I will say that like I know a lot of people felt a lot of emotions playing this game and I kind of like the whole game is just a mood. Like I'm here for it. It's yeah, yeah. all great. It's all super cool. The visuals are awesome. Like the music is easily my favorite music of the year um but except for the third the third level i really don't like that music at all what was the third third level but there's a lot that's like oh yeah fuck yeah wait what was the third level Uh, it's like it's like uh, it's got like a weird um oh god i don't even know what instrument yeah there's like a weird drum in it and like it feels like it it's 
vaguely weed. <laughs> oh, that one. That one, right, right, right. But like, I would say that this whole game also is vaguely drugs, but I wish they kind of went a little harder into the drugs, you know? I know, sir. <laughs> yeah, like, I just, I feel like the whole time I was kind of waiting for it to get, like, trippy as fuck, and it was just kind of like... <laughs> This, like like baby's first trip, you know? <laughs> if anything, it sounds like the fact that I it would be very hard to do drugs and play this game because of how challenging it gets sounds like an, a missed opportunity. Yeah. So <laughs> there, yeah, there's definitely. a visualizer. There's a visualizer mode you could turn on for someone on but drugs. But can you still play Tetris while you're visualizing? I don't know. There's like you That's can probably thing. put it you could put it on like easy or something. Oh, we lost. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Interesting. What? Ooh. No, what? you're here. You're here. You're here. Oh wait, now he's not. Oh, he's gone. Now he's gone. <laughs> okay. Oh no. It was a premonition. He saw it coming. <laughs> Windows update. <Anyway>. No. <laughs> what do I say about? Um, oh, in general, I'm not actually a, a oh, big no. person. Oh, you're back. <laughs> you're back. back. Oh, I think he's gone again. <laughs> he got back long enough to know that he was going to be gone again and say, "Oh no." Amazing. <laughs> Oh boy. Um, so Tetris is not a game that I have like a, I mean, I played a ton of it as a kid. It was one of like the first games I ever owned, um, like on my Game Boy. Um, but I never really loved it because I'm kind of a high strung person and Tetris is extremely stressful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I I was always just, I would always play it in really short person be like, oh fuck this. Okay. I can't I can't anymore, right? So okay, I'm back. Yeah. back. <laughs> Yay. You should go back and watch this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you, just... you, you said oh no and you were still here and then you disappeared. It was like you knew That's that you were gonna be gone. Like you were all frozen. I was like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's, Tetris is, is a game that I don't love, but I love this. So I, I'm absolutely going to finish it probably tonight. Um, and it's really good. It's really well made. It's all of the music is great. The visuals, I feel like could have gone a little harder, <laughs> but it, I'm still, I'm still here for it all the way. It's a great iteration of Tetris. If you like Tetris, it's really good. If you are lukewarm on Tetris, like I am, I still maybe recommend it. Mm. But um, I, yeah, at what stage has, so far has been your favorite? Um, I don't remember the name of it, it's fine. but I like the one that has the mermaids in it. Sure, that one's good. That one's good. I like that song a lot. I think that's my favorite song. I was like, oh, oh is that Sia? And then I looked it up and it's like, no, it said something like Sia like chorus. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will. Abs- oh, sorry. Go ahead, Andre. Uh, I was going to say there's a space. There's like a space station level where the sound when you like rotate and move the pieces is like radio chatter between mm-hmm. like astronauts, that which is sounds like, really great. cool. That's right near oh, the that's end. So oh cool. God, it's yeah. like, awesome. like, you know, it's just like a little bits, but it's like, it's so yeah, that's cool. I will pay $40 for that game without much hesitation when it comes to PC. I don't have a PSVR and I have a vibe, so I'm not going to buy another 
personally, I don't want to buy another headset. I um, think that's fair. I respect the, the the picking up the PSVR if you can get a good deal on it, but it's just yeah. for me, I can't justify having two VR headsets. Uh, I didn't want it either. Xavier bought it. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so, how did he buy it? And you only have two games? Didn't he buy like the Black Friday bundle or something? You would think that he would buy the one that was on sale. <laughs> He did not. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay, wait, I have another question. I see big TV behind you. Did you get a new TV? Our TV died. This oh. is our old TV. Okay. And now we have a fat. new TV. <laughs> okay. That one we got on a Black Friday deal, at least. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I guess, like, because I already have misgivings about paying. $40 for a Tetris game on my least favorite platform that I have access to to play games on for one and then not to like mega shit on the PS4 it's fine um it's the best time to be playing games like it's it's like it's 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 good it's better than any previous console but still with a PC and Xbox One a Switch I would rather play Tetris on any of those three platforms other than the PS4 um plus I don't have a VR headset for PS4 so I can't even engage with the VR part of the game even if I ended up finding that I like the non VR better. Um, it's just a really tough pill to swallow for the full price. Um, yeah. but on PC where I could play it with a vibe on or whatever, or if it came to like switch or something and I could play it on the go. Um, not that it sounds like for the journey mode, you would want to play it seated with headphones, but for yeah. like any, for like the, the more like, Oh, I'm just going to knock out some Tetris modes. Um, I would like to be able to have it either be portable or have it so I can play it in VR. So when it comes to one of those platforms, I'll definitely pick it up. Yeah. Like I would highly recommend that you do if you like Tetris at all. <laughs> so I hate, I hate's a strong word. I don't like puzzle games. Mm-hmm. I like adventure games. I don't like puzzle games. Uh, I don't like Bejeweled. I don't like those kinds of games. Uh, that whole genre just has never appealed to me. Um, but of that genre, Tetris is my favorite. So yeah. it, I, I would say that I, I appreciate what Tetris is immensely and I like it, but it is not one of my favorite games. Yeah. So I guess I would fall into the like lukewarm camp maybe. Like I would have never picked this up myself because I find Tetris very stressful, but because Xavier bought it, I was like, okay, I want to try the new VR headset. So let me get into it. And then I ended up staying in it for (laughs) so long (laughs) because it's super cool. But yeah, no, I totally, I hear you on that (laughs) hundred percent. Also the zones are really cool. If you can get that get that off there's like a a way to clear multiple that is sweet lines oh, yeah. yeah like i think it's like up to 20 lines at once someone got a 21 and the devs were like we didn't think anyone would actually like we thought it was like technically possible but like what you would have to do to actually get that would be so like basically impossible statistics wise yeah that they didn't like account for it yeah, yeah. i saw someone get a, an 18 earlier and they a big thing pops up that that says perfectress <laughs> that's oh <my> cool. <laughs> yeah, I think the most I've gotten is like ten. Yeah, and I felt real good about those ten too. <laughs> like, I just a, happen to get like you know what difficulty? Some really good blocks. What difficulty are you playing on? Normal. Yeah, I like. Yeah, because normal does get pretty pretty tough in the later stages. Yeah. So it's a nice way to just kind of like take a breather if you're getting really fucked. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, like the video that's showing up now uh, on our our stream is Xavier playing on expert because I forgot to take video. Oh no, this is this isn't <laughs> your, also, this isn't your video. Oh, that's not my video. Whoever, okay, whoever's never mind. playing this is awful. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm really bad at Tetris too. I should say. <laughs> I I thought I was all right, and then I was playing this. It's like, oh god, I forgot how to play Tetris. Like, I, I was watching like you know, like tutorial videos for like Puyo Puyo for like, you know, advanced tactics and techniques and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, but like, I don't know. There's just a moment when you're like, shit, I hit the wrong button at the wrong time and it rotated or it dropped too soon. And then I'm like, Oh, this is all bad. Like I was on a good, good track. And then, mm, yep. okay, it's, I'm done. It's sometime at some point, like it speeds up real quick. And then your brain is just like, <laughs> how do I keep Boy, up? <laughs> It like for me, like, you know, once it's like, I'm like, okay, I know what I need to do. I know where to put this, but then it's just like, fuck, as I hit down, I also hit left. So it's one yeah. space over. And now yeah. this block <laughs> is like covering this other like small gap. And there goes the Tetris I was about to have. Yeah. <laughs> I think VR makes me slightly better at Tetris because yeah. I'm so like, it, there's no distractions. Like you can't I, be distracted. I think I agree with that too. Cause I felt like it like really, kind of facilitated you getting in the zone. I mean, like, not specifically the game mechanic, but, like, yeah. getting, like, focused to the point where I remember playing it and then realizing how fast it, the, the Tetris was going, and I was like, what? How yeah. did it get this fast? When? Like, oh, yeah, it has been getting faster, but I just got really, you know, in the zone for it. So. That's usually yeah. when I start messing up once I realize how fast yes. it is. <laughs> You're like, so... oh, gosh, what am I doing? And then it, it just all kind it's of falls like, Oh, God. Oh, God. What am I going to do? <laughs> One, one could say you were under the Tetris effect. It's possible. Oh, it's possible. <laughs> okay. Well, someone who has not been under the Tetris effect, Pat, best boy, what do you have to share with the class? I, some, uh, some other sort of drug, I believe, an X of some sort. Got a new oh, what? Drug. Oh no, I'm not going to talk about X yet. That's <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'm going to I'm going to talk about I'm going to talk about artifact first. This, uh, this week it's K hole. Uh, <laughs> wow. but artifact is also kind of like a drug. Uh, <laughs> um, the, uh, so valves Dota two card game artifact came out this week. Um, I think that this card game would be, if I were planning a most disappointing category, it would be the internet's reaction to artifact, the Dota two <laughs> card game. <laughs> people who play video games i'm kind of kidding but seriously <laughs> you hear that all of you listening jesus i'm interested that you would say that about artifact and not fallout uh well fallout's got actual issues fair enough fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> i mean i like fallout i, I, I i've avoided i've avoided talking about fallout on this podcast i like fallout a lot actually um i think it has but i do think it has very real present issues um both in a from a distribution standpoint and a pr standpoint and a game and a, a technical standpoint sure but artifact doesn't artifact is like i think i'll lay it out i've said it in the the, the chat before so um, it's not really spoiling my impressions as close to game of the year. I think artifact is probably one of the three best design card games ever made. Um, after I've played about 10 hours of it 
Yu-Gi-Oh, Solitaire, and Artifact. <laughs> uh, I would say that the top three card games ever made are all Richard Garfield games, interestingly, because I would probably say Magic the Gathering and Netrunner. Uh, I tend to lean to think Netrunner is better than Magic, but it's a bit of a toss-up there. I don't know if I would say that Artifact is the best of those three. That's going to take a decade to, to kind of work out since we've had decades to work out uh, Netrunner and Magic. But Artifact... Um, on the like 20 to 30 games that I've played so far, it's impeccably good. I've now been able to play with pretty much every kind of deck uh, in, a, in a variety of different situations. And the strategy and, and complexity of that game is incredible, but it's also approachable in a way that I think that people who have no card game experience will maybe struggle with. But if you have some card game experience, I think that it is definitely um, doable. It's not like it's a complete brick wall the way that dota 2 kind of is in terms of accessibility um and i just think that like it's so unique it's so different um it it uses dota as sort of a framework but it's if you hate mobas but like card games i wouldn't say it's like a mobile moba card game even though it kind of is in other ways It's, it's hard to express where it gets it right because it gets it right in so many complex ways. Um, it has just the right amount of randomness. It has just the right amount of predictability. Um, I just think it's, it's spectacularly well done. Um, and I can kind of, I'll probably get into that a little bit more in a couple of weeks. Uh, but the thing that I have found very frustrating is this notion that it's like some kind of a grift or that it's, it's a, like predatory because it's the silliest it's 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 entitlement on a level that i i think is really baffling and it shows a complete disconnect with what the game is trying to do in the space uh from from kind of a commerce perspective uh and i think it's just really disappointing and i hope that i'm glad that valve is the one to put this game out because i hope that they stick to their kind of standard approach of not giving a shit what anyone says about their product mm-hmm. and continuing to just do it their way mm-hmm. until people get with it and figure it out. Uh, because, um, it presents a way better value proposition than any card game that has come out digitally before. Uh, it just does take some investment to get there. The one thing that I will kind of, kind of give on is there should be a free way to check it out. I do think that they should let you play with like, starter decks or play the tutorial or something for free. I think that would help a lot. Yeah. I think that would help a lot. Uh, even if it was just like, here's one deck you can only play against bots, but Mm -hmm. go for it. Um, I think that that would be, that would, uh, kind of satiate a lot of people's concerns about the game, but, um, to kind of get into specifics, the big controversy is that there's no way to get cards for free. In a game like Hearthstone, yeah. it's typical to be able to grind for cards. Um, and it is possible to play Hearthstone at a fairly high level by grinding for cards. There's, We kind of talked about it in our chat. There's always, whenever you say in a room full of people that Hearthstone is also pay to win, um, someone will go, well, wait a minute. I know someone, and I'm not picking on you, Sam, and your friend totally is legit in the way they did it. But... I know someone who got to legend and they never paid anything. Uh, and you can totally do that. But the way that, that you do that is like, you're basically like burning your whole collection of cards every three months to make a new collection of cards that you use 
for another three months and then doing it over again. And it's just, it's, it's, it's not that it's impossible, but if you're someone who wants to play a few games a week and be able to play with any kind of level of competitiveness, you're going to spend money and you're going to have to spend money. The nice thing about artifact is that while there's no free way to get cards, there is a marketplace that allows you to buy any card that you need just straight up. Um, and the prices for most cards were between five and 50 cents. Uh, so, you know, you could get a full play set of a card. That's one of, so three, you could get like three out of the 40 cards in your deck for a buck 50. So it's kind of like for like $15, you can buy a fairly competitive deck right now. And that's compared to trading card games and compared to the, the idea of like buying hearthstone packs until you get legendaries that you need for your deck or enough dust to craft them. That's such a better value proposition. So I would ask that, like, I would say that like, yes, you can get cards for free in hearthstone, but one given how much higher quality I think artifact is versus hearthstone. And that's going to be a little bit down to taste, but the time that you're spending grinding in hearthstone to get the deck you want has value as well. And I think people should consider that. And when you compare the two games, I just think that there's a, that there's a lot more value in putting your time and, and a little bit of money into artifact. I, I really do think right now you could spend under 50 bucks and be set for the next six months of artifact. Uh, if you really wanted to, there's going to be people who so, want to connect, collect everything, but you don't have to. So a quick question. I mean, you mentioned mm -hmm. that the only way to get cards is, is by paying. Is there any, uh, if you're not interested in playing competitively, but just kind of want to play casually, could you do that with just what you get for the $20 that you uh, plop down to buy the game itself? Yep, totally. So like right now, I don't know what their event modes are going to look like in the future. I actually haven't built any decks yet. I've just been playing their event mode, Call to Arms, which has six pre-constructed decks that are each one of the kind of archetypes that you'll be playing right now um, when you build a deck. So you match against real players, but you get to pick one of these pre-constructed decks. They're all actually very good. They're not like garbage starter decks. They're They're like worth going to rebuild yourself uh, with some tweaks, but uh, you can play those featured modes. It looks like you'll always be able to play those featured modes without buying cards, but it's hard to say because those will rotate, but, but you won't get any other, but you don't get any like starter packs of cards for the other modes, right? Uh, you do. So, so for the $20, you get two pre-constructed decks and 10 packs of cards. Um, mm. Card packs are $2 a piece. And then you also get uh, five event tickets. So event tickets are what you use for the competitive modes to get into them. But you could make a constructed deck with those uh, 10 booster packs and the pre-constructed starter deck cards and play it casually and never spend any more money. You can also play what's called Phantom Draft casually, which is a draft mode where basically you open a pack and you pick two cards out of it. And then the remaining 10 cards in that pack go on a pile and somebody else gets that pack and you get someone else's pack, real player packs, um, and pick two more. And you basically do that until you get through five packs. And then you play games with a deck built out of the cards that you've drafted. So you can play a casual version of that mode where you don't get to keep any of the cards for free. Um, you have to obviously buy the $20 buy-in. But if you just really like playing the game and you don't care about competitive play, you can do that in perpetuity for free without ever spending anything. And it's that's probably the most fun way to play the game anyway, because you're actually having to think about deck construction within with constraints that don't involve how much money someone spent. 
So uh, I think that there's, you can play that game forever and have fun with it for the $20 entry cost if you want to. Um, what about the tickets? I don't, I don't understand tickets, how you get them, and like, you seem to buy tickets tickets. everything. So you buy the tickets for a dollar a piece. Um, the tickets are definitely the kind of like weird thing that I think is the thing that pushes it over into people having a problem with it. I still think it's a little silly because if you compare it to physical trading card games, you usually have to pay for events there too. But anyway, the tickets are, um, there's three primary modes that you use the tickets for. One is called, um, just called gauntlet, I think. Um, that's sort of the competitive mode where you bring a constructed deck in from your collection and um, you pay one ticket, which is $1. And then you're trying to either win five games. You're trying to win five games before you lose two games. If you can get to three wins, you get your ticket back. If you get to four wins, you get two tickets and a pack. And if you get to five wins, you get two packs and three tickets. So the other mode that you can play with tickets, there's two, the other two modes, there's a, a phantom draft that is competitive where you pay a ticket and then you do the draft thing I was just talking about, but with those reward tiers, then there is also a mode called keeper draft where you spend two tickets and five unopened packs. And then you actually keep the cards that you draft. And that's reminiscent of a real life, like physical magic, the gathering draft, which is a type of tournament. Um, and typically you'll spend $20 to play a magic, the gathering draft as opposed to like 12 bucks an artifact to play a artifact draft. Um, and that's beneficial because the reason that that costs tickets is because you can basically prune the packs to get cards that you need for your collection if you don't care about winning games. So you can either focus on building the best tournament deck, but at that point you may as well just play the one where you don't keep the cards you pull, or you can play to kind of like pick cards you need for your collection as you go through those five packs. Um, so the ticketed modes are definitely different uh, and I don't really have feelings one way or another on them, but, but there's so much value in just the $20 purchase. And there's a lot of room for buying cards that you need that will, you'll end up spending way less. The average artifact player will end up spending way less than the average Hearthstone player, I think. Okay. And it has cute dragons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into more of the specifics about why I think the game itself is really spectacular in a couple of weeks. Because uh, I don't really, I could probably talk about Artifact for hours and I actually need to try to condense my thoughts into a more digestible I, <laughs> format. I do believe... Notes, Austin Walker style. Yeah. <laughs> I, do, I do believe Kotaku uh, just ran an article about how the monetization is actually good. Cool, cool. Uh, I just think they should put out a free demo. That is the one thing that they yeah, should that, for sure. that would be where I'm like, I'd and they will. Like, I think I they will. Bother going through the like refund process. Like I did it earlier for like Siege, but I just you know and, I'd like to be able to check this out and be like, yeah. And admittedly, uh, the the tutorial matches you get before you hit the point of no return on your refunds. It's not the standard Steam refund policy. Mm-hmm. You get to play those two tutorial matches, and then if you claim your items that you got for buying the pack, then you are no longer eligible for refunds. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> if you burn through those tutorial matches in an hour, but then claim your starter items, you're not eligible for refunds anymore. It, 
does clearly mm-hmm. say that you are claiming items, thus making yeah. your purchase unrefundable. And I think it's bullshit. There have been people who are like, it gives you tiny little text at the bottom. It's very clear. It's easy to see. You can tell that they're telling you, hey, this is the point of no return for refunds. So I, I don't buy that. That's hard guess, to yeah. notice. It doesn't even but it doesn't even say that it's the point of no return for refunds either. Like it says you can't refund through the automated system. So you still might be able to claim a refund it's like possible. to a Steam person. Yeah, I, maybe. Uh, like if you don't go to the marketplace and do stuff, I bet maybe you could still. Yeah, I bet so too. Wrangle them, but um, yeah, I don't know. But anyway, the other game that I played that I'll try to keep kind of brief because I don't know that anyone here would care about it, but it's kind of exciting, uh, is uh, a game called X4 Foundations. Um, Those 4X games, not X4. uh, Uh, So, no, but kind of because they kind of (laughs) rose to prominence around the time that like everyone was trying to make a 4X game. So that's why they're called X because it's like explore X. Like it uses the 4X terms, but they're not strategy games. So they're spacing. Uh, They're basically the the X games. They started in like 1998 with uh, X beyond the frontier. Those games kind of started off as just like they stopped making elite games. So this German company, EgoSoft really liked elite. And they said, well, if, if, you're not if Frontier's not going to make elite games, then we'll make elite games. Um, so the first couple games are very much like elite style games. Um, but then uh, in 2007, X3 came out, which was a really, frankly, incredible game because people had stopped making space sims by that point. There hadn't been one really that was rec- well regarded since Freelancer, which came out in like 2000. Um, and X3 was just this wild, sprawling, hugely open. I mean, it was like Star Citizen, but in 2007. Um, it, it was really buggy and ridiculously complicated, and it had a garbage UI. Um, and it was very hard to get it to run well. But it's like, you. the idea is like you start off in a small scout fighter, and you can have, you can build stations, you can build whole empires. It's very much like EVE Online, but in single player. So that means that you can also accelerate time. So like you can actually see the coolest bits of the game because you can like build up your star empire and actually see things play out because you can boost the time to like times 20 or whatever. Um, and I put thousands of hours into that game cause it just was so, it was just, it was everything you wanted. Like you buy a Corvette and then you can fly your little fighter into it and then jump in the cockpit of your Corvette and fly it around and do all kinds of stuff. Um, so then in 2014, they made a game called X Rebirth that people were excited about because still there hadn't been, it wasn't even 2014, 2011, I think. There hadn't been good space sims still since X3. Uh, and it was absolute hot garbage. It was really, really terrible. Um, it, they tried to kind of make it for consoles, um, but it was so bad that they never ended up putting it on consoles. Uh, in the in X3, you could have like, you could sit at the helm of like a massive carrier and direct fleets of fighters to go on attack stations and stuff in x rebirth you were stuck on one like kind of millennium falcon sized ship for the whole game it was just it was bad um so the new one x4 foundations kind of was seeking to take the tech and visuals of x rebirth but marry it with the freedom and openness of x3 
and kind of against all odds, it seems like they maybe figured that out. Um, I have played about four hours of it, so I'm not like an authority yet because those games take hundreds of hours to really feel out. But uh, it's a it it seems very interesting. Uh, the four hours I spent last night to give you an idea of like what playing this game is like. Uh, I did one tutorial. The tutorials are really terrible. Um, but I found like a mission through scanning stuff. And it was this like fish creature in a water tank that was like contacting me to tell me that they needed my help to do a science mission. And then I spent four hours figuring out how to like basically get an empty ship with a bunch of antimatter cells to this anomaly site to like blow it up and see what happens. And then you uh, fucked the fish man. No, <laughs> not yet. Maybe that could happen. It's very like, it's very like you, sp- like the tutorials are terrible and you're way better off trying to figure out how to do everything yourself. But if you've never played one of these games before, that would be impossible too. So <laughs> I, I can't in good conscience recommend this game to anyone because like I spent an hour trying to figure out how I finally found a shipyard because the game's world is enormous and it's all shrouded in like fog of war. You have to fly around and explore everything. I finally found a shipyard to buy a ship and I spent like 10 minutes figuring out how to hire crew so that I could get someone else to fly this ship. Cause in this game you actually have to crew your ships, which is actually a very cool addition because they gain skills and stuff. But then I had to figure out like, okay, so I have antimatter crystal crystals in my hold and I need to figure out how to put them on this dummy ship that I just bought and figure out how to get the captain of that ship off of that ship onto my ship. And these are all things that you should just be able to say like, Hey, transfer the crystals. There's even a menu option that lets you transfer stuff between ships, but it couldn't, I couldn't get it to work. (laughs) So instead I figured out how to like drop my crystals in space, have the other ship, pick them up, have us both fly back to the nearest station. Then I got in that ship and I had him get in my other ship. And then I took off in the dummy ship, flew it to the mission point, got out of that, my ship and like space packed myself, space suited myself like a kilometer away from the detonation site, then had him fly over to me so I could get in. And then I was finally in my original ship and it was all set up, but that took like 45 minutes to like set it like that, which is just silly. It's, it's a game that requires a lot of patience because like as the possibility space expands, it's harder and harder to figure out how to do what you want to do. But I actually find it really entertaining to figure out how to get these things to work because it's a lot of like, there's a logic to it that does make sense. Even if it's hard to find. Um, I think that's the first time I've ever heard someone say the tutorials are so bad that you're better off figuring it out on your own. Oh, totally. <laughs> like, yeah. So, I mean, so, wait, are you saying that like the tutorials will make you worse almost because it's confusing? Yeah. So I, the, the game launched <laughs> yesterday morning and uh, it, it hit with like a 47% steam positive rating and and that was because of people saying i've never played this game played a game like this before and the tutorials are trash and there's a significant amount of technical problems with this game Mm -hmm. this is a game where like i can forgive the technical problems way easier because it's a team of like 20 people in germany so we're not talking like a triple a developer here um and the game is so complex i mean we're talking about you can build fleets of capital ships and f- tell them to go and just decimate an entire sector 
while you watch from the, the, the cockpit of a scout ship and stuff like, I mean, it, it's, it's very, very, very complicated from a uh, simulation perspective, way more so than even like star citizen or elite is. Um, well, and there are not a game. So, well, yeah, totally. Uh, but, and there, and there's way fewer people and way less money behind this game than either of those games. Cause they didn't crowdfund it or anything. They just actually managed to pick their company up from the ashes of their last game and, and build this. So I wanted to say like from a technical perspective, these are, I won't read the full notes, not that they're that long, but like, their 1.0 hotfix included fixed various crashes when unable to write files to disk, fixed light blue screen flash after the intro video, <laughs> and then stuff like they're, they're, they had an update come out today, which is like removed SSAA options. Why? <laughs> because they caused the game, because this game looks like it came out five years ago, but it requires like a 1070 oh as, a, as a recommended spec. That's because amazing. it's so unoptimized and like things like removed outdated broken and not very useful joystick input preset oh, i love this <laughs> like fix the player ship warping around when opening the map under certain conditions <laughs> this is my favorite one so you actually get out of your in this one you actually get out of your ship when you land at stations you get out of your ship and walk around it's very cool because you're actually like walking to the station manager's desk sure. or whatever and you see the little alien people all walking around it, the animations are bad but it's 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 neat to get up and walk around um so <laughs> there's one patch note that says fixed explosions near the manager's office sometimes killing the station manager and making trading impossible <laughs> <laughs> sounds like an important fix <laughs> wow yeah. i love I mean, it honestly of... this is all super charming though yeah. if you're that, gonna, that's kind of gonna cause explosions near the station manager maybe you shouldn't get to trade that's amazing well the other problem though is that like wow. there's times when like a ship will fly by and it'll be a criminal ship and the ai will fucking flip out because like oh god there's a criminal right near the station and then like four npc ships will start shooting at the criminal ship but they'll end up damaging each other and then they'll start shooting at each other instead and then there's like a full-on like battle happening above the space station is so like this Wait. is the kind of stuff that Wait, is this game russian no, it's German. Oh, okay. Uh, but it has that sensibility. Like, yeah. there's a lot of goofy little. Well, okay, wait. Was it made on the east side of Germany? <laughs> I don't know. It sounds. I would imagine probably that there's just a lot of like charming little things. But at its core, it's a, just an incredibly robust simulation of like economics and uh, diplomacy among these different factions and stuff. Like, there, there's so much meat there, and there's so much possibility space there. Um, it has a really powerful ship modifi modification system. So there's like tons of different upgrades you can buy to different ships. There's like 40 different kinds of ships in the game. Um, and it, 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 you can basically play it literally like you're playing American truck simulator or Euro truck simulator and just like build a trade empire and never engage in combat. Or you could play the game like you're some like hitman in space where you're taking assassination contracts and flying around and blowing people up. Like there's just such a wide range of stuff you can do. And I've always kind of felt like, I mean, I'm someone who is, if star Citizen ever comes out great, that's like my dream game. But what's cool about the X series is that lots of people talk about building these crazy complex space simulations. And then they take like 10 years to do it. Mm -hmm. Whereas EgoSoft just goes like, 
we're dropping another X game in three months. And it's just like, it's, it's, it's just really refreshing. And even though they're janky and rough around the edges, they actually put finished video games out. Yeah. It's really, that's, that's something that's pretty cool. It's really ambitious for such a tiny team. And like the fact Mm -hmm. that they hit it in any capacity is super impressive. Yeah, but it definitely is. Now the game is back up to having um, mostly positive reviews because people that know what they're doing started buying it um, and kind of came in and started putting in some positive reviews because it it does seem like they nailed it this time. But it's one of those games that's very hard to recommend because uh, if anyone in this chat were interested in playing a pretty awesome space sim i would say go for it and ask me questions because i'm happy to provide answers but without someone to help you the tutorials are real bad and there's no real like the the community at large is kind of trying to figure out answers so you can't just like pull up a guide i was fortunate enough that when i played x3 it had been out for a year so there was like loads of guides i read a i printed out a 45 page pdf that was like a let me guide you through your first 20 hours in x (laughs) you can sort of understand the mechanics yeah wow it it, it, yeah like the there these games are paradise for somebody like me who wants to play like really groggy space sims but they are the groggiest there are no mark hamels there's the voice acting is horrible but in the most appealing way ever to me uh because it's all european accents and like they're all like sometimes the English is a little bit broken. The developers flat out said we didn't have enough time to write encyclopedia entries for everything. So there's just encyclopedia entries in the game that are blank. And they said that they're promised. They, they said, we promise that we're going to add them after launch. And then like, I love this. They, when they talk in the trailer <laughs> about like expansions for the game, they say like, we see the reason we're calling this game X4 Foundations is we see this as the foundations for what we'll build on in the future. We would very much like to in, to introduce expansion elements and free add-ons as well as char as paid DLC to the game in the future. We hope that we're able to deliver this type of content, and we expect that we may be able to do so in the, the year of 2019. It's like very like we are not promising anything about what happens next. It's so nebulous. But if we can do it, maybe that. we'll put some DLC out in 2019. <laughs> Wow. Well, at least yeah, so, they're honest. Know, like, we hope to. They're very honest. When X Rebirth came out and it was a trash fire, they spent two years trying to fix it and then eventually were like, We're sorry, we made a bad game. <laughs> so they're 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 a they're a cool studio and, and I think it's a I think it's a really neat game. And I kind of um, I actually let myself forget about it because I just assumed it was not gonna be good. So the fact that it turned out pretty awesome despite the glaring flaws that all of their games have had uh it's pretty exciting cool uh anything else you want to share not really uh artifact is one that i would say check out if you have any interest in card games though that one's an easy recommend i want to have a whole talk about all the fucked up parts of x (laughs) but not right now (laughs) not right now (laughs) that's anytime uh fixed focus x Hey, we can do it. I'll share weird shit as I get. I haven't dug into like my next step now that I've done this mission. The mission that I, by the way, ended the anomaly mission where I blew up the spaceship in space. Also, I now have this captain of a ship sitting in my 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 hold that I had hired to fly the other ship, and the only way to get rid of him is to fire him. But I feel really bad firing him. So, what if you fired him out of a cannon? No, 
Uh, <laughs> but but I kind of I can't decide if I'm just going to keep him around until I could buy another ship that I need someone to fly, or if I'm going to just fire him. But uh, you end up with like it ends up teleporting a space station to where you are, and that's your like player HQ, and you can conduct research there. But you're kind of supposed to not have it until like later in the game. But I got it for as like literally the first thing I've done. So I have to kind of let it sit for a while because I need a lot of money to be able to upgrade it and do the things that it wants me to do next. But I have a space station now after a few hours. Uh, okay. Let, let's not dig, dig down this hole. We could go forever. <laughs> sounds so stupid. I love it's, it. So I, the last thing I'll say is, you, you know the game Factorio? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the entirety of Factorio is in this game. Wow. Why? You, you can build... Yeah, you can build you, you can build an entire closed loop economy if you want, build by building stations and modules and stuff. So like you could build like if you want to bu- just be like the biggest food producer in the galaxy, you could build stations that produce all the stuff that food producing stations need and then build a food producing station and then set up a network of shuttles that are flying oh my uh, God. that are flying things around between the stations as they need them. And then set it up so that you're this like food magnate and then have NPC ships come and buy from you because Mm -hmm. it has an incredibly balanced, incredibly detailed, incredibly realistic economy. So like, that's what I'm saying. That's why you can spend thousands of hours in these games is that can be your whole, you can be space farm simulator, or you can be, I want to be a a warlord who has this massive fleet of ships where I fly around and fuck everything up. Like there's just, it's huge. This sounds exactly like, um, Eve online to me. Where I want to hear all yeah. the stories, but I have zero oh, desire to play absolutely. it. Absolutely, that's what I was <laughs> just thinking about. Where it's like I have, I'm never going to play this game, but I want to hear every single story yeah, about. Exactly. What I would say is, uh, <laughs> while I'm not trying to sell anyone here on it, because you do have to be a crazy person to invest the time into it. <laughs> the difference is that in Eve Online, and it's kind of like this is a this is both a pro and a con. In Eve Online, those stories develop over the course of years because that's how it works. Like you can't speed up time in Eve Online. Things have to unfold naturally. Whereas in X, there's time dilation. So you can say, this game, I'm going to set up this weird scenario and I'm going to spend 100 hours doing it. But in that 100 hours of playtime, you can kind of create like 10 years of Eve time, if Mm -hmm. you get what I'm saying. So it's neat because, yes, you want to hear all those stories, but they're also not as hard to recreate as in Eve. So that's sort of the like, at the end, at the max play of an X game, it almost is like a God game where even though you're playing a person in the universe with a spaceship, you can sort of set out to say, I want to tell a story in this universe oh with, God. and this is, this is how I'm going to do it this time. Okay. And that is what is so cool about it. Okay. Uh, I'm going to, the last thing I'm going to say about this damn game, if they do one of their nebulously half promised DLCs, I hope they bring in Peter Molyneux as a director for yes. it. God, that would probably tank the whole project. It would never happen. Then. They get a space dog. <laughs> anyway, I'll regale people with X stories as I, as I have okay. them. Please. Uh, thank perfect. You. That's, that sounds, that's what I want. Don't have to engage with the real people either. That sounds like a, that's also a plus. <laughs> it is a real plus to be honest. I'm like, yeah. uh, but okay. Thanks for sharing that. Cause that's, that sounds real neat. And like you said, no desire to actually play it myself. Yep. Yep. Uh, that's fair. I will not be bringing it to our game of the year discussions. Cause cause no, <laughs> well, again, it could end up being my 2018 game of 2017, but I need to spend so much time with it to be able to understand game of 2019. Wait, 
Twi- yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. 20, 2019, 2018 game. Into, yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> it, it requires such a time investment that like right now I can't mm-hmm. say with certainty that it is that it totally nailed everything. Even even if you did nothing else, it would still be totally. Just, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that's real cool. Uh, moving on to myself. Uh, I don't want to say too much. I finished Vampire. Uh, that game pretty good, but there is just like one line at like the end, which was like just kind of thrown out there. And I was like, wait, what? Why? When did this game get like, what? Why does this super ancient like power just like drop a sexist line in here? Like, what? what is going on? It was, it was really random. Uh, he was like, because like there's like this thing where like the thing that's happening is like only through females or women, specifically females, gross, but yeah, women. And then uh, the guy, the this ancient thing is like, oh yeah, ladies, am I right? Basically, <laughs> oh that sucks. It it is just like one line, uh, and it's like what? Uh, so that was real weird, but um. Yeah, I finished that and it was it was pretty good. Uh, but Yakuza Six, I finished Yakuza Six finally last night. That game has one of the best endings of all time for video games, in my opinion. Wow, uh, up there with like Danganronpa Three, The Last of Us, uh, other games, uh, The Walking Dead Season One. Uh, like it's a real strong ending. The so. Mm-hmm. Is it because like two out of three? Well, I don't know what happened in Danganronpa three, but two out of th- three of those games is just like the relationship between a child and a parental figure. Is that like of, of the thing? What, what? No, I'm uh, saying for for Yakuza for Yakuza six or yeah, you don't have to spoil anything. But uh, like, I, I mean, the Yakuza games are basically all about family, like especially six. Like I yeah, can't yeah. speak. I can't speak to basically. Yeah, 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 I like I can't speak for two to five because I didn't play them. But like Yakuza Six is a game about like earned family, a given family, rejected family, biological, adopted. Like it's it's a game about family. Interesting. Uh, okay, but and like it's not that like I mean that's like part of like why the ending is so strong. But I just think like they nail it so well. Uh, like it, it fucked me up, fam. Should I try to marathon Yakuza Six before? I mean, I'm, I'm, are you crazy? I, uh, <laughs> just, just six. I, it, it actually, it, the the second, like the second half of the game, actually moved pretty quick. Like the last, like the last two acts are like longer than like six to like 10 is like pretty quick, but then like 11, 12 and the end is like a little long. Uh, you could do it. Uh, I didn't engage with a ton of the side stuff. Like I, yeah, I would say then I'd miss all the side stuff, which I think wait, was like, I, I want to go back and I want to do that stuff. But I, yeah. like for me, like the ending was incredibly powerful and I will probably have to go real deep on it for game of the year stuff because it's, in my opinion, I feel like, I feel like it's going to be a struggle because I don't want to hear it, and there's no fucking way I'm going to play that game before the end of the game. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, it's I, I'm I'm sorry, but like I the, that game made me feel some things. Uh, I so, might try to play. Jesus, like, so, like um, I wish I wish I had played the other games just so like I could have like a a better connection to the characters, mm-hmm. but also like 
the oh, like half the characters at the end of that game are introduced in in six. So I mean, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say that I did not trust you on the Horizon story being the best of the year last year, and then I was wrong. So <laughs> I'll just I'll give I'll just give you the benefit of the doubt on this one if you if you uh, have strong feelings. There there was a moment where I was worried is like oh they're gonna fuck up this ending. And then I think they they actually stuck it, even with like the twist kind of in it. Like there there was a there was a brief moment where I was like, eh, okay. But then they brought it back, and I think yeah. they really, you, you know what other game did that? Don and Ropa three. I feel like I should play through Dong and Ropa three so, so we can do a three person spoiler cast and then so, just get it. So, out of the uh, oh, no, okay, I'll 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 tell you after the podcast, Alex. Because right. if I tell you now, since Erica knows the ending of th- Dong and Ropa three, like they're yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, that game's real good. I, I think the combat in Yakuza Zero was better. Uh, mm-hmm. That Yakuza Zero had like three different stances you could switch between, and it had two characters, so like six stances total. Um. And in Yakuza 6, there's just the one stance and like there's a ton of like different options kind of into the combat through the upgrade tree. But I never felt like I got to use them that much, really. Like There are a ton of like heat moves, which are like you push triangle at a certain time, like context sensitive. And then Kiryu will do like a cool move that just basically one shots people or does a lot of their damage. But there are tons of moves I just didn't see. And like I would end up doing the same move over and over again, which was like, like, okay, yeah, that's like pretty sweet. He did like stomp on that guy's face and then like drop, pick up another guy and then drop that guy's neck on his knee and like, you know, use the weight of this other guy onto his leg to push this guy's face deeper into the ground. But like, but you know, I want some more variety. Like, I want to throw this guy at a lady, and then he almost lands in her breasts, but then she stops him and then headbutts him, and then he dies. <laughs> uh, well, I know what I know what the episode title is this time around. <laughs> a little bit long-winded, but uh, I'll, I'll see if I can find what the name of that move is. Uh, it's, it's yeah, uh, the story stuff is pretty good. Uh, like, it's very consistent in, like, its tone and its writing all the way through, which I feel like a lot of games can't say. And, like, we'll get more into Game of the Year. But, like, where God of War is always like, oh, yeah, okay, there's this other MacGuffin you have to go get. It it never felt like that with the way the story develops. Mm-hmm. It always felt like a natural progression of, like, I'm learning this. Okay, if this, then that. That, then this. And so right. I think those games are just really well written and developed from a story perspective. Right. So were there any new activities to you that you found to be amazing? Uh, when there's a part where you're you're carrying around a baby and (laughs) you have to the baby will start crying and you have to calm him down i think i mentioned this when i first started talking about the game and like you have to like move the joy con like up and down or back and forth to like gently rock the baby or like (laughs) bounce him uh there's the internet cafe where you can like chat with yep. live chat yeah you talk like about this the strip that's very good uh <laughs> there's like the snack bars there's a snack bar where you can go and like you talk with all the patrons there and like you can do karaoke and that like builds your relationship with the people in the bar 
And then like I didn't follow this one all the way through, but like one of the first like side quests that I got from that was a guy who like introduced me to it. He was like, Oh yeah, I had something stolen from me. I was like, Oh, well, let's go inside and talk about it. And then you're in this conversation with like the bartender, another patron, the guy, the main guy in the story and yourself and you're picking like dialogue options to like make the conversation lively mm-hmm. and this guy's like oh yeah I have something stolen everyone's like well what was it what's going on it's like my daughter has a boyfriend <laughs> and he's like oh she's 16 like oh what if he's like a bad guy and like he's like yeah it's and then like after that it's like oh you can go check on him as he's like spying on his daughter on her date and stuff like that I uh, think some of that is part of why the Yakuza games feel so daunting to me mm-hmm. in that I love it, but like to, to compare Yakuza six to X four foundations, one of the refreshing things about <laughs> X four is that there's not really like a plot. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, there's no story really to it. Mm-hmm. There's a story to the world, but there's no real story. There's not a main storyline mm-hmm. that you're playing through. So all of these like wild systems that can interact, it feels like you can just like start fresh and try a new thing. Mm-hmm. And with Yakuza, the thing that I have struggled with sometimes is like, well, I want to do all that weird stuff, but I want all of it to carry over, even mm-hmm. though that's ridiculous and there's no way that would work. <laughs> it feels like I'm building up this like huge network with all these activities and I'm mm-hmm. like developing all of these characters and then the game's going to end and then the next one none of that stuff's going to have really mattered. And that's, uh, that's some, a weird mental of, block. Mm, so there are some characters who return, uh, like, uh, yeah, I can't, like I, can't, I like, there's a character from zero who, which takes place in the eighties that comes back and sit. Sure. In a narrative sense, but I'm more talking about like, I want to just go and play virtue fighter with my bros in the, the, in the, in the, the, the arcade. But like when I, the, I know that that doesn't mean like anything in the mm-hmm. larger context of the series. It's not a condemnation of the series or me yeah. saying I'm not going to play it because of this, but it's always been a weird piece of the puzzle to me of like, it's weird to marry this huge, not systemic necessarily, but mm-hmm. varied world with a very cohesive narrative. That That's kind of mm-hmm. like a thing that I sort of struggle with in my own mind with kind of conceptualizing mm-hmm. and figuring out how to approach. Mm-hmm. So you want yeah. Mass Effect Yakuza. <laughs> well, no, I mean, actually, I would say that Mass Effect is kind of similar, except because it has those narrative through lines with the characters. Really, ne- Mass Effect isn't diverse at all. You talk to people and you shoot things. Yeah. That's all you do in Mass Effect ever. Whereas with Yakuza, there's a million different things that you do activity wise, but they don't have a through line necessarily outside of the core narrative. Sure. And that's the part that I think is yeah. both oh, really okay. fascinating yeah. and, and, and appealing, but also <laughs> hard for me to wrap my head around how to approach it. Um, when I someday finally sit down to play through those games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, Oh, I, I also mentioned like the cat cafe. Uh, I realized, um, that, that each, like, you have to feed the cats to get them, like, to like you enough so that, like, someone can t- come and take them to the cat cafe. Mm-hmm. Uh, each, like, can of food has a picture of a cat on it. And I th- it seemed like if you matched the picture of the cat that looked the most like the cat that you were feeding, that was the kind of food they liked. <laughs> wow. So I was like, oh, I've got a, a black cat, so they want, like, crispy miso. Crispy, mi- crispy miso beef or something. Ew. Same, honestly. Actually, I don't mm. eat beef, but... Uh, but yeah, so that was uh, that was neat when I was like, oh, it was a Phoenix Down moment. <laughs> like, 
this is the kind of this cat's orange, so he likes the do you think that, food. Andre, do you think that you would like food that has pictures of you on it more? Uh, you know, if, if it was people that look like me, uh, that's kind of what I mean. Yeah, yeah. If it's just like, mm. like can of green beans with like the green I would giant maybe, on it. The can of I green might, beans with the person that looks like you, Jolly Green Andre. Uh, you know, I might be more inclined <laughs> to buy that kind than the other kind, and just you know, try it out. I, I don't know. Like, I don't spend a lot of time looking at the packaging unless it's like instructions. Uh, if anyone would like to fund my new marketing venture of just putting a mirror on all food products, <laughs> it's the Time Magazine <laughs> Food of the Year edition. Uh, <laughs> so, all right. Well, uh, unless anything, anyone has anything else they want to say. We went a little long today. Mm-hmm. I'm right. also loving artifacts. What was that? I'm also loving artifacts. I forgot to mention that earlier. Oh. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, good, good. That's two people. Game of the year. When, is Zeus does, when you play Zeus's alt card, the whole board freaks out and there's like a big like lightning zips down it and like That's... blows the cards away that are dying. Ugh. That sounds pretty accurate to Dota. There's 300 cards and they all have unique VO. <laughs> you you shoot a rocket launcher at a helicopter in Yakuza Six, like over, whatever. I can do that. Over, just cost four. Yeah, but you're not over like just like Tokyo. No, you can't. It's not like he does it over Tokyo. Well, and I can't because it's not out yet. But there's uh there mm, the story like the story in Six like has stuff is like conspiracies that go back to like World War Two. <laughs> And like if you play if you play Meepo in two different lanes, uh-huh. he can move to another lane and damage enemies when he's there. And you can build up you can snowball with Meepos. The problem is that if you kill one Meepo, they all die. Yep. Also accurate to Dota. Okay. okay. Well, uh that talk about Dota, we have to get out of here. Uh that is gonna <laughs> do it for uh episode what is forty seven? Yeah, episode forty seven of Gaming one. Fix. Uh please uh like and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google, wherever fine podcasts are sold. Uh, leave us a review. Uh, for some reason, iTunes is the only place you can review podcasts. I don't know. Is there another place people can review podcasts? On their blogs? You can on Google. What? Blogs? They can start Twitter. their own blog just to review. Yeah, yeah, start your own blog. Uh, get verified on Twitter and uh, yeah. promote our podcast, please. <laughs> Uh, we really appreciate that. Um, you can search for us on if you just go to do a Amazon product review of li- like literally anything, uh, and then mention us in the pro- and do a, really do a review of us. Yeah, yeah do the uh, the most bought. You know, go to like Amazon's gi- uh, gift list stuff for 2018 mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, find mm-hmm. all the most popular items and leave five star reviews that say our podcast gaming fix podcast is great go to gamestop.com like... slash smash brothers ultimate and leave a review for fix yeah. and then it and sounds then, like the best way to show support is to go, review go other to products. the steam page for x4 and leave a podcast review <laughs> go, go to yelp go to the newest restaurant in your city <laughs> and, that's dangerous. And, and uh much like thrillist we will get that uh restaurant shut down <laughs> <laughs> Full disclosure, it won't actually be our fault. The owner will be a piece of shit. Uh, but, yes, okay. Uh, episode 47. Uh, where can people find you, Alex? I don't know. Okay. Uh, 
<laughs> You'll find yourself someday, Alex. First, you got to find yourself, then how about, others can find you. How about this? In two weeks, you can find me right here for about six hours straight talking about the game of the year. Yeah, yeah well, we did We did almost, you know, what, two hours, 15, about? Uh, two hours-ish. Uh, Allison, where can people find you? Sure, you can find me on Twitter uh, and Instagram at W-R-I-T-E-R-S-E-R-E-N-Y-T-Y. And uh, I'll generally post on on the Twitter if I'm doing something else like uh, blogging or whatever. Okay. Uh, Erica? Uh, You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at Erica, spelled A-I-R-E-H-C-U-H. But I haven't really been... uh, really active on either of those because i have fallen into a k-pop hole oh, Jason. <laughs> the real k-hole the real k-hole <laughs> yeah gotta we, we do gotta talk because i that has been my uh I, I i realized the other day where i was like oh i've been uh listening to nothing but k-pop for weeks oh that, oh that seems bad for your recovery because you just want to dance yeah, yeah i mean true but uh okay uh pat where can people find you uh you can find me at jester pc on twitch and on twitter i would love to stream some artifact on twitch at some point i don't know if that's really gonna happen but okay maybe okay and uh sam where can people find you uh easily on the internet uh so just find me on uh twitter and instagram at sgch Okay. Uh, um, it's pretty easy to find me. Okay, good. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at CoolSlaw, C-O-O-L-S-L-4-W. Uh, in Yakuza 6, there's a side story where a guy's Roomba runs away, and then it beats up a like a guy in the park after it calls him dirtbags. And then as its battery's dying, his girlfriend shows up and it drops his engagement ring in front of her. And they, she says yes. Wow. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's a heartwarming story about family. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll see you all next week on episode 48. And we still won't be doing game of the year. Okay. Have a good one, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.